And that was done by our in-house <laughs> Dial H for Hero Clicks Orchestra. Let's have a hand for them, guys. I hate to admit it, but we'll now have no further podcast in 2014. I spent all our budget on the orchestra. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your host, Hunter Smith. With me today is my two best best friends in the world. Until oh. I find better ones, that is. Yeah. And that's Drew Alderson and Austin Smith. Yeah. Uh, the intro song was inspired by me and Drew humming... Uh, Home Alone songs all the way back and forth to the dugout today. It was a pretty good day. Um, <clears throat> today we're going to be discussing the plethora of spoilers that we've gotten this week. Oh dear God. And our main topic today is going to be the new state of the metagame. And what I mean by that is how the game feels post watchlist changes, what pieces we've seen through uh, big super qualifiers results, and also through you know what we've seen locally what pieces seem to be rising towards the top, and uh, discuss what new pieces that didn't exist uh, around Gen Con time are are either already making a splash or we anticipate will make a splash in the future. And then uh, when we get into comics, we'll be talking about Hulk comics, and we have best build results for you guys today too. First, we're going to get into some what we played. Wednesday, Austin and I present participated in Avengers vs. X-Men Month 1 at Game Preserve. Yeah. The build was 300 points. You have to build a theme team of either your Avengers or X-Men, and you have to play one piece from your starter set. And was it, it was Modern Age, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Austin, what'd you run? I ran uh, Dark Phoenix from M10 at 200 points with the 75-point magic, and Book of the Skulls, and I think Six Hammers. And how did that do for you? I know Phoenix is broken. Uh, it was a great team. Um, I really, really... I've never played that Dark Phoenix before. I mean, I've played against her like a thousand times. Never had a chance to sit down and actually give her a shot. Um, I just... Through the night, it was pretty much the same thing. Um, dropped her Anger's Hammer. I'd TK her up, drop her Anger's Hammer on the next turn, pick it up. And I would kind of make my opponent come to me, set himself up, get where he's locked in. And then I'd proceed just a hypersonic run around him as many times as I could. Just run in, smash, run back. Or uh, I would TK back and I'd yo-yo her back and forth. Um, between Anger's Hammer and what I call Cruise Missiles, where you drop for the free quake, um, she was never off top dial, really. Um, magic magic didn't... <laughs> I had one chance for a fun offensive TK, where I TK'd someone's Wolverine off my Dark Phoenix all the way to the corner of the map. Um... First match was against uh, Cyclops from AVX with Colossus from main set uh, uh, Wolverine the X-Men and uh, Wolverine from main set Wolverine the X-Men. Um, I positioned my objects to try to block some avenues of approach on him, um, which bought me an extra turn pretty much to drop the hammer, get everything cleared. Um, I moved up, I TK'd up, got my hammer cleared, waited on him, he got up on me. And I started using those quakes to knock people back. So, like, um, I smack, I would smack somebody the next turn, drop a hammer when they were off charge, knock that Colossus back, because he loses charge like three clicks in. Yeah. Um, and I just, I kept him off me, and then when he got Wolverine, that Wolverine doesn't die. Like, the one that heals one every turn. Oh, yeah. He's kind of a pain. Um, Is that the main set Wolverine? It's either the main set of the Gravity Feed. I think it's the main set one, but I'll check while you're talking. Um, 
basically, uh, he had a good chance to flurry blades me, I think, with it, or uh, just blades me. And uh, yeah, just, it's it's zero zero one. Yeah, um, he's got two invincible clicks mid dial, and he just kept healing up to them over and over. Like every time I like pop him a little with uh, magic or somebody. So I was like, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with him. He's off of charge. TK'd him up to the corner to where he couldn't full charge to reach Dark Phoenix or Magic and uh, took the time to take out that Cyclops and that uh, Colossus. Um, overall, like, most of my matches really went like that. My last round, uh, I, I won on sheer luck. Like My opponent uh, my opponent tried to pulse wave me with uh, the AVX Magneto and missed two vital, vital pulse waves even with team probs and everything. Um, only needed like a five or a six and missed it like four times total. Um, otherwise it probably would have pretty much been game right there. Um, really underestimated that Magneto. Like he is a strong piece. Mm -hmm. I mean, like when we went over him, like I, I remember us going over him and saying he was good. I just didn't think he was going to be that good until you have to get through those two clicks of invincible with 18 on top click. Yeah. Well, I talked, were you with us last week or was it just me and It was you and Drew last week. Um, I talked last week about how that Magneto really surprised me. Like, yeah. when you look at his face value, his dial, he's okay. Now, when you play him, he's he's a lot better than you kind of give him credit for. It, it Honestly, I it's it's his traits. Yep. Yeah. It's the traded energy shield, the traded free force blast at times, the free TK at times. Like, he's just, he's a little bit of a better control piece than you kind of give him credit for at initially when you first look at him. Um, that traded energy shield, like, I really wasn't, I didn't, I read his card, I was like, I know he has it, and then when I started, I derped and tried to, or tried to range attack him instead of melee, and I was like, gosh dang it, why did I do this? So you went 3-0 and and in one, got first, first place, place right? Yeah. I played, um... Hawkeye from Chaos War, 50-point Tony Stark from Iron Man th 3 movie set, the main set one, and Donald Blake and the 100-point Scarlet Witch from the starter. And I played the Power Plant with only four rings. And I had the Force Blast ring, the Psychic Blast Energy Explosion ring, and the TK ring, and I can't remember what my last one was. Did you use the smoke screen ring? Oh yeah, black light. Mm. And um, I the 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 kind of the way the team works is Hawkeye is a wild card, so I have Avengers Initiative to see through stealth from Tony, and then I have Mystics from Scarlet Witch, so I have an, a really good offensive and a really good defensive team ability from the copy. And Donald Blake, of course, you know, is does what he does, heals people up. If I need to get rid of team abilities, I do it at the very beginning. Scarlet Witch, double power actions, gets rid of them. She pushes, and then Donald Blake heals her right back up. He only needs like a freaking four to heal her. <laughs> yeah. And um, I will note, though, you know how when Scarlet Witch takes her team abilities away, they roll, and if they roll a six, they get to keep it. Mm -hmm. Four in the entire night, uh, four out of the five pe uh, pieces that rolled against me rolled sixes. So I only got That's rid of so one team ability. Jesus. Um I didn't even use it my second game because I wasn't really worried about it. I will say the it. one thing about that being a double power action, like you use it at the beginning of the game and then you're just like, okay, Donald Blake's going to heal her because he's not going to be doing anything for the first two turns. Yeah, that's what I did at, yeah. our, at our ROC tournament too. I, I Basically, that was very similar to my ROC tournament that, that went undefeated. The only difference being sub in Hawkeye for the giant Iron Man and take away some rings. It's basically the same team. Yeah. Although it, I, this one has Tony and not Sharon. 
Um, that Tony is so great. He has enhancement and outwit. I don't know what you're talking about. I only ran three of them. He's providing the Avengers Initiative for Hawkeye. Uh, first round was against Cyclops, Longshot, and Colossus. And it was pretty easy. I kind of screwed up the beginning of my turns. I screwed up the order of things. The rings, it's like you have to really have your order of, of turns and actions planned out or the rings can kind of get screwed up. That's because, what screwed me up on ROC so bad. Because uh, they clear, and I just wasn't... I didn't. I hadn't had any brain thinking or planning, had time to plan this team out very well, so I'm glad that my first game um, went relatively easy for me because I really screwed up at the beginning. I think my opponent probably felt like I was stalling because I sat back near the start most of the time, but it's because I just kind of screwed up my actions and had to kind of re... You know, okay, let's stop, let's clear everybody... And then let's figure out how which rings we want to drop to who and what we can do. Yeah, it, it's like with the Book of Skulls where we say take the time at the beginning of your turn to make sure you assign it and everything. But it's so much worse with rings because if you forget to drop a ring on one turn and you really needed to, it can seriously cost you like a lot of damage dealt to your figures. So I took out that team. Hawkeye, I, I got to pick map. I picked Soul World, best map in the world. And... Um, that's debatable. Stayed in. It's my favorite map by far. I stayed in the hindering the entire time, and Hawkeye just <laughs> blasted everybody. Uh, second round was against an X-Men team of Polaris, Cyclops, and Longshot, and Havoc, I think. And I... Basically, he moved up farther than he should have. Didn't realize I had Avengers Initiative. I was able to running shot him from... I dropped him the... Um, Energy explosion ring, mm. running shot, and hit him from full range. Ooh. Hit him, uh, hit him regularly. He probed it, and he probed me into a crit hit. So since oh, it's also oh. energy explosion, and I have yeah. triple bolt and pin side for it. So. Yeah. So the other two beside him took four pin each, oh. and the target took four because of enhancement from Tony Stark. So it was like turn one. I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be quick. It still ended up being a long game. But uh, that was pretty good. Although he had rings as well, and uh, was able to use you know certain things to his advantage. So I love the power plant. I don't know that it's absolutely the best resource. I still kind of favor the utility belt just because of the option because of getting to switch out before each turn. Yeah. But power plant is really fun and really useful, especially for range pieces. So I really wanted to try it on Hawkeye, and I got the chance to Wednesday. And then third round, I had to play on a, on a, w- against the AVX starter Spider-Man full points with the Infinity Gauntlet and a Scarlet Witch and a Donald Blake. And that's good. already a pretty good team, but then I had to play it on the AVX month one map, the one yeah, that has the three different, out. yeah, the, the <laughs> three different elevations. None of my pieces have flight. Oh. And uh, Spider-Man ignores everything on movement. And he has an 11... Movement eleven movement movement attack. So basically, he hit and ran the entire time. Um, it ended up being a lot closer than it kind of looked. I had his Spider-Man down to last click at one point, but just couldn't pull it out. It it was a really tough matchup, and he, he played it pretty well, and I just couldn't take it down. So I went two and one, but had a lot of fun. And we just got back today from the dugout. The dugout where we did best build. Best build. The build was 300 points silver age. You had to... Your figures had to be, mostly, figures red had to be mostly green or red on their base. 
or on their sculpt or their bases. So Iron Man and Spider Man and Hulk chases are automatically approved, and so is Haldale, who I played. Yeah. Uh, let's look at the teams that we picked. Austin picked the team of Green Lantern, Batman, Teen Titans, Green Lantern at 110. Two Captured Warbots and Army Private, Pog from Fear Itself. That team is from Pupil Surfer. Drew played the team submitted by uh, Ruroni KJS. His team was Wong, uh, Infinity Hulk, or Incredible Hulk, uh, Daredevil at 75 points. <laughs> Infinity <Andrew>. Hulk. <laughs> Mr. Unknown. And the Colleen Misty duo at full points. And then I played Spidey Swing's team of Holiday Elf, Pandora, Nightwing from the main Batman set, Captured Warbot, and Damage Warbot. Um, Drew, you want to talk about how your team did? Yeah. Well, I did okay. First game I went up against Scott, who is a good friend of the podcast. He was playing Crisis uh, Spectre with... uh, I don't remember. I don't know what the heck piece that was. It was like it was Mr. Terrific. From, yeah, Mr. Terrific. That's I right. I can't remember what set. Uh, Brave and the Bold. It's a Justice Society team. Yeah, it was a Justice Society team, and um, basically this was a very hard match. I really thought I was going to get rolled. Um, I ended up winning just due to sheer luck because he rolls. He, he starts rolling down, uh, the Spectre does. He starts getting a bit less and less good. But he starts out with some pretty crazy stuff. He's got a 10 range. He's got charge, phasing teleport, and just side team ability. And he's quintessence. And he's quintessence. Yeah. He's pretty good for 234. Um, he kind of... I got really lucky, and uh, I ended up... Taking him out. Second game was against the man who was sitting to my left, Hunter Smith, drinking some alcohol. I barely pulled it out. <laughs> I, I barely pulled it out against him. Um, it was it was kind of a back and forth game. He realized he kind of started to realize how good Holiday Elf's secondary ability is. Where oh, we forgot to mention the most important thing. Huh. The I had 20 random relics Oh yeah. that I had spread out and numbered, and before each round, I randomly assigned each person a relic, and that really played into account. Now, I had about five of them that were mediocre to crappy, about five of them that are like the best you can possibly have, and then the other ten were just pretty good. Just and okay. uh, I also had, in effect, plus two to all relic rolls, so it's way easier to pick them up. Yep. And, uh... Sure. One thing that took into account big time in me and Drew's game was Drew got the Batman cow. Yeah. And was able to give Daredevil stealth, and I had an entirely ranged team except for Nightwing. Yeah. And that really, honestly, that made the difference because I couldn't shoot Daredevil. It, it was so good. And so time ran out, and Daredevil was still alive on his last click, and that's what won in the game, won by uh, 25 points. So that, that really played into effect. I had Scorpio key, which basically makes my already really good range slightly better. It really, but um, yeah, that Batman cow helped you a lot. And yeah. then, uh, what did you end up having the first game against Scott um, to help against? I have Agamotto, which I ended up having third game against Austin to help against the Spectre because your Wong gets to pick up that yep. I have Agamotto, and Spectre has giant size, so uh, easy to draw a line of fire to. Yep, I have Agamotto. Uh, characters attacked by a character with the eye can't use shape change in super senses. 
A character with the Eye of Agamotto on its card can use Prob when it attacks. If the character with it on its card has the Mystical keyword, it can use Perplex. So that gives little 30-point Wong free action Perplex and Prob Control if he doesn't attack. Yeah. And the target he attacks can use Shape Changer Super Sense. So that's really nice. It is pretty nice. Um, so I got that two games, and I got uh, I got uh, the... Uh, what is it? The Batman Cowier game. Then I went up against Austin. He pretty much stomped me. Because his team is actually really good. And I'm surprised he lost. But he'll get into that. Because it was kind of one-sided on the relic rolls. Yeah. Austin, what did you have? Uh, against Drew or overall? Uh, or my team? Talk about your whole experience. Okay, so my team uh, my team was Green Lantern and Batman. Uh, at full dial. I don't think he has another point option. He um, doesn't. Teen Titans Green Lantern at 110 with two captured warbots and an army private. Um, right off the bat, those captured warbots are way better than I thought they were. Um, they were at a glance, they were cool, but I hadn't really considered how awesome they are. Um, they have charge with a nine range. They have a 16 combat reflexes, I think, and then they have a two damage shape change. Yeah, so I, I used one too, and it was really good. They're such good tie up pieces. So. Uh, Green Lantern Bats is a little bit of... He's kind of a mix between a utility and, like, a primary attacker. Um, he gets a lot of good options. Um, he gets Barrier, Energy Explosion, TK, I, I think, on his top dial. Um, so, my first round was against... <laughs> my first round was against a guy who was running Sinister Syndicate. He had a Shocker, Electro, Lizard, and... Vulture. Vulture. Um, Hunter decides he hates me and rolls and gives him Mjolnir... And I get stuck with handcuffs. So, right off the bat, I know that I can't give him the time to get the Mjolnir, or this is going to be a very short game with that lizard. Um, he picks Shadowland, which means my 8 range character is now 6 range, severely weakened my team. Um, I TK'd Green Lantern up, I or I running shot with him. Um, I took a shot at Lizard early on, hit him. Um, oh no, I missed him. And then uh, Lizard missed his relic roll, thank god. Because Lizard plus Mjolnir with plus two attack, plus two damage, and all those capabilities would just be bonkers. Stupid. Oh, you mean with a hammer? Which yeah. pretty much. No, always... plus two damage, two on top <laughs> I of that. I know, I'm just saying. He spins the book fast enough that he's all like always on <laughs> yeah. plus one. Yeah, plus two. so uh, basically, most of his team had energy shield deflection. Um, it. I kind of drew back after that. I went down the terrain, hit around a corner so I could clear in safety, made sure I had one action up on him and made him kind of come to me, and I kind of ch I choke-pointed him at a stairwell, um, managed to get some shots up at Lizard, kind of blocked the stairwell with a horde token while I was doing it. Um, but it, Electro ended up picking up Mjolnir a few turns later, and that is a very horrifying prospect. You're talking about a 13 attack, 5 damage, bouncing between things. Um, effectively, that lizard probably had about 30 clicks worth of health healed over the course of the game, pretty much. That thing did not die. I, I was sitting there him. watching that, too. I love lizards so much. He's so uh, good. <laughs> I used the tokens to kind of tie up a Shocker, moved up on him with a Green Lantern Bats, and just decided to punch the crap out of him. I used the tokens to uh, block line of fire as much as I could from Electro a little bit. It didn't really help when he started bouncing shots. But uh, it kept some of his ranged pieces busy for a turn or two, which bought me enough time to really get up in position and be able to hit things. 
Um, it came down to Electro with like four clicks left versus my Green Lantern with like three clicks left. Um, I had the point advantage on him, so I started running around the outside of the map, kind of hiding, making him come to me because I wanted him to token up, either push to finish chasing me or for time to run out. Um, he finally decided just to move up right next to me to tie me up. Um, I took a swing at him with a blades, missed, and uh, he hit me for like four damage to the face, which was really painful. Um, that Electro with Mjolnir was ridiculous. Me and Drew were talking about Electro because... He's awesome. At the dugout, we don't have the new rules in effect yet. We start on New Year's. Oh, yeah, he gets drastically... But he would be a lot worse once these rules changes go in effect, because then every time he bounces, he's going to do minus one damage every time. That's depressing. Yeah, Electro is one of those pieces that got hit that shouldn't. Second game, I got... I was against a team that was Deadshot, um, Deadshot, Rescue, and uh, Flash Flash. from Teen Titans. Um, He got the Globe of Ultimate Knowledge, and I got the uh, Doc Ock Arms. Um, I picked up Doc Ock Arms on Batman, which... Not even fair. All it did was give him a self-perplex, really, because the multi-bolts were cool, but I never got a good chance to use them. Um, I uh, TK'd out, picked up the, the... Doc Ock arms. I kind of played my range. Um, I'd use Green Lantern's perp and the Doc Ock arms to perp my range to a 10. Um, so I could outwit Flash from great range away. I could throw a shot at him and he really couldn't move much after he'd hypersonic to me. Um, that game was brutal. Um, my opponent's dice were not friendly to him. And then uh, I tied up Deadshot with a token that had Shape Change. I hit Shape Change the first time Deadshot tried to shoot him. And the second time, he only needed, like, a two to hit. Like, he flat out said, as long as I don't crit miss, and then he rolls his dice and he crit missed. And it, w- it was pretty bad. Um, but it was a fun game. Um, he did give me a good run for my money for a bit there. Um, third round was against Drewster here on Realm of Death. He got map choice. Um, basically, I was... My goal was, I knew I still had range on Drew. Drew's figures were a lot of short-range charge, like four or five square at most. Usually four square. So I was trying to play those long hallways, um, trying to build up and make sure that if Drew's going to come at me, I'm at least going to get one shot in on him first. Because I know that that Daredevil loses charge after like three or four clicks. Um, the Colleen Wing Misty Knight was going to throw me for a loop because I didn't know exactly... You were playing it full, but I didn't know exactly what yeah. I was up against. Um, and then the Mr. Unknown, of course. I know that he's not too deep of a dial. He's actually... Surprisingly, he actually is... Is he seven clicks? He's six or seven. Mr. Unknown? Yeah. For 50. He's better than people think he is. He's not amazing, but he's better than people think he is. I've ran him on Batman Inc. a couple times. I think he's six. Yeah, see, though, he he's loses six charge clicks, clicks. But he's traded leap climb, and he's just a really good tie-up piece is really what he is. And then if you can tie up multiple people, he at least gets plus one attack on his trait. Um, but the, the really cool thing about him... Um, is his other yeah. trait. You give him a free action, choose a friendly adjacent character. That character gets steel energy this turn, and when it uses it and heals, you give him an action token. But if you couple that with somebody with Quake, I used him with Nightwing one time, who also has Batman Inc., and uh, then uh, hit with a Quake and yeah. healed up three times and only took one token on Mr. Unknown. So it, situationally, it can be really good. Would there be only one token? Because it says whenever they heal to give him an action token. He's only healing one time, though. Like... It, Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but basically, I just positioned myself at the ends. Um, I waited till Drew kind of moved to places where... I, I played line of fire like a madman. Like, I was trying to figure out exactly the avenues. Green Lantern would pop out a wall. 
Batman would throw four damage at Daredevil downrange. Um, lucky me, Drew didn't hit his super senses too often. I didn't hit it at all. I think he. I thought, no, uh, I didn't hit it at all. Um, and he hit every roll, so it was yeah. Um, ended up winning that one. Went two one. Um, and my first game, of course, was really close. So I had a really good running point, point total for two on. I took the first round by, which counts as a win, but like only like seventy five points. Second round, I played Drew. Like he said, uh, he got the Batman cow. We had a real close match. Uh, the the strategy with the team is that Holiday Elf is a wild card. I have uh, Batman Ally from Nightwing to copy for stealth on defense, or I have Mystics from Pandora. This was the first time I've ever used Holiday Elf or Pandora, and I was really excited to get to play both of them. Plus, I really love playing that 008 Nightwing. He's one of my favorite uh, melee pieces. He's so good. He's just he's so sick for 72 points. He has Charge, Flurry, Leap, Climb. He does like 10 attack, 3 damage. And like I said, he's got the Batman ally, so he can sit, stay pretty safe on his way up to charge flurry you. And we had a pretty close match. I picked up the Scorpio key for Holiday Elf, which just gives him another two plus two attack. But the Psychic Blast doesn't really help me because both Holiday Elf and Pandora usually have Psychic Blast. Holiday Elf has a power. It's called both naughty and nice. At the beginning of your turn, roll a d6. If you roll a one to three, he gets end cap and support. If you roll 4 to 6, he gets Psychic Blast. He has 7 range and 3 bolts and Sharpshooter. Problem is his attack values are actually pretty low for for a 100 point dedicated ranged piece. You think he His attack it. values are really crappy, but what is awesome is he has improved targeting ignores characters. Yeah. Now, I mean, Drew's game, I didn't quite get that to work. What I had planned on doing was moving my little pog up and basically making him a meat shield for Holiday Elf as yeah. he moved up. Problem was, Drew had stealth, so I really couldn't shoot him, period, regardless of whether it was through my guys or not. And uh, we kind of took turns. The Pandora's really fun. Um, she has the power action, place her anywhere within the line of fire of an opposing character. It doesn't have to be range, but you can do it clear across the freaking map on certain maps. And that's really useful because she doesn't have willpower, so it lets her move really, really far in one action. She also has Psychic Blast and Sharpshooter as well. But the, her main thing is she has prob control. She has uh, two... She gets to use it twice, but not on the same character. And other uh, opposing characters who use prob have to take an action token to do so. Now, that didn't come into play, really, on Drew's game or my third game because they only use Steam Team props where they already take a token anyway. Yeah. Which, actually, now I think about it, I they take two. wonder if they would take two. Because it lets the character use probability control till the end of your turn, doesn't it? So, uh, I don't know, I'll look into it later. But another really cool power that Holiday Elf gets uh, on a second click is called Mistletoe. At the beginning of your turn, give him a free action. Choose an opposing character and another friendly character that are both next to, within line of fire and adjacent to each other. Until beginning of your next turn, those characters can't attack or deal damage to each other. So there was a period there where Drew rushed in his Mr. Unknown to tie up my Pandora and to basically make me focus on him and kind of make me push. Because he doesn't care about his 50-point Mr. Unknown, but he knows I really care about my 100-point Pandora. And what I, I just kept using Mistletoe so that I could take my time and clear, not have to push, take my shots when I wanted. I got to dictate the pace. And I was thinking, if you're playing an opponent, even if they have a 300-point a Galactus in your 300-point game, 
If you just rush one of your little dudes up next to him yeah. and then mistletoe the motherfucker every time, unless he has outwit, he's not going to be able to kill you. Like, in the right situations, this mistletoe power can be broken. Uh, he was really fun to play. He's basically average for his points or slightly above average, but he was at least really fun to play, and I was really glad to get to play him. And uh, Drew and I, I lost by like 25 points on time. Our, our game was really close. Third round, I played a, a Green Lantern, and uh, same Green Lantern as Austin was playing, but at full points. And the Flash from the Fast Forces that has Super Senses on 4-6. to six. And um, he missed an early Pulse Wave that would have helped him a lot. But I basically just whittled him down slowly using Pandora's Line of Fire for Prov and just slowly whittled through each of his pieces. And we all three of us went two and one, but uh, and we were all pretty close in points. But Austin actually got first uh, out of the three of us. So Pupil Austin, surfer, after losing for you, I think twice now, I finally won one for you, buddy. Austin won his first best build. We can't tease him anymore, Drew. I, I won one for him first, Austin. Shut up. <laughs> Drew will always be his first. Yeah. <laughs> How does that make you feel? I got sloppy seconds. <laughs> Damn straight, you did. <laughs> So, Pupil Surfer has won Best Build December, and I'll be contacting you to see what kind of uh, poker chips you want. Tell him to stop making good teams or he's going to be in the Best Build Hall of Fame. I know, we've, <laughs> we've picked his teams quite a bit. Uh, moving on to news, there's a ton of spoilers. We're going to try oh to go, God. let's try to go over them relatively quick. Uh, first, I want to bring up the fan vote. We have the DC Hero Clicks fan vote. It's already in round two by this point, by the time you guys hear this. Left is Atomic Skull, Catman, Etrigan, Boo! Jeanette, Killer Moth, Boo! Yay! <laughs> Monsieur Mala, and Brain. Now the three, and uh, we already lost uh, Backlash, Elastigirl, Silver Monkey, Negative Man. I, I don't, there's actually quite a few people who want Negative Man. Vigilante and Weird. Um, so my top three are all still in here. Catman, Jeanette, and, and Monsieur Mala, and Brain. I know Drew likes Etrigan or Killer Moth. I can't remember which one do you want. He wants want. Killer Moth. I want Etrigan. See, there's already an Etrigan. But here's the deal. Yeah, the legend, the legend of Killer Moth. And that is the fact that WizKids has never printed a Killer Moth, supposedly, because one of their employees who used to spoil figures two realms got caught, and his favorite figure he always wanted was Killer Moth. So the legend goes they've never printed <laughs> one because of that. So I'm one to keep this legend going. Not just that, but I really want an Etrigan. Like, I wouldn't care if they did Killer Moth because I do like the character, but I don't want it to be Etrigan out of the rest of these because yeah, there seriously. already is an Etrigan. And not only that, there's a Jason Blood alter ego but, for it too. But there's not like a really cool like knight-like yes. Etrigan, though. It's like just a straightforward like demon version. Okay, so you're going to rather... You're selfish. I don't there's know. no Monsieur Mallard. There's no Jeanette, especially... She's the only I secret. Don't know Actually, about there the other is characters. a monster now, but he's bad. Is there? Yeah. There is no Jeanette, and she's the only piece I need for my freaking Secret Six team. Also. I don't know who any of those people are. Well, that's your own fault because you don't like. Why DC. is that my fault? Because you don't read DC. There is a monster, Molly. Like, he's from Collateral Damage. Though. <laughs> like I said, he's bad. That is, oh, the most, that is a pretty orange style. The the Collateral Damage 084 monster Malin brain is not too bad. He's. Playable. So actually, that's a long dial for 138. I really like Jeanette, though, as a character. She's freaking sick in Secret Six. I also like Catman a lot, but there already is one, and he's not too bad, even for how old of a clicks he is. 
So I really, if you guys don't have a preference, vote for Jeanette. No, don't vote for Killer Moth. Killer Moth. Um, so why would you not want to vote for Killer Mom? Regardless of who you guys would like to vote for, just go and make your voice he's heard. Silly. Go to HeroClicks. How is he silly? He's a badass. <laughs> Next up, we have Star Girl, who's from Legion of Superheroes. She will be a rare, and this is the piece that Alex Avila made when uh, designed for winning worlds. Not this past year, but the year before. This is a really cool, really good piece. Its keywords are Justice League, Justice Society, Martial Artist, and Young Justice. So some really good t- keywords. And her keywords are going to be kind of important because she kind of has a lot of leader roles and leader powers. She has a trait when she is 110 points. Adjacent friendlies with a shared keyword and lower point value get plus one attack. When she's 75 points adjacent and adjacent to a friendly character with a shared keyword and a higher point value... She gets plus one attack. So it's kind of, you know, which role do you want her to play? That's really cool. Another trait is at the beginning of your turn, roll a d6. She can use the indicated effects until your next turn. One to two, she gets a range of four and two bolts. Typically, she has one bolt with seven. So this gives her, uh, it knocks the range down to four, but gives her an extra bolt. She gets reflexes, end cap, and sharpshooter. Sharpshooter double bolt end cap is pretty good. And on a 3 to 4, she gets Energy Shield and Range Combat Expert with, again, a 7 range. And then if she gets 5 or 6, she gets to choose either one of those, whichever's best for her in the situation. So that's also really cool, too. She has uh, Flight, Endom, and JSA Team Ability, which is Defend. She only has 17s and 16s and 15s on her defense, so that JSA Team Ability is going to come in really handy. Uh... Hopefully you can pair with a really good high defense piece, maybe like a Dr. Fate. And considering the fact she gets either combat reflexes or energy shield on top of that, that's a bit ridiculous. She has a really cool attack power called Stunning Blow. She starts with it if you start her at the 110 level. She gets end cap. After actions resolve, deal her printed damage divided any way you choose among the hit characters. This is a power we've been seeing a decent amount lately. It's actually a feat. Um, exactly called Stunning Blow that, right. they've, re- that they've started putting on some figures. There's uh, She also gets some... Now, if you start her at 75, she's going to get TK. And she has Barrier. And she has a damage ability. Give her a free action. Choose a standard attack or damage power that can be used by an adjacent friendly with a higher point value and, again, a shared keyword. She can use the chosen power until your next turn. Uh, she's got Justice League. That's like any power you freaking so, have in the world. So, really... If you start her at the 75 point, I kind of like her slightly better there. Mm-hmm. Just because she plays a great support role for Justice League, who doesn't have a lot of good support pieces. Don't really ha- How many TKers are there in Justice League besides Green Lantern choosing it? Not a whole lot. Um, so if you start her at 75, she's got the TK, Barrier, and she can copy powers from other Justice Leaguers or Justice Society or, you know, whatever you can play her at. So she's a really, really cool piece. Um... The numbers are pretty solid. There's a, there's like one bad like there's one click where she has an eight attack, two damage, fifteen toughness. But for the most part, it's just a really good balance piece, and I'm really really happy with it. The only thing I'm not feeling is a sculpt, and only because her part looks fine, the effects look fine, but he is on her sculpt and he just looks kind of thrown out of, on there. Yeah, he looks thrown on there. Like it's it almost seems obvious that the piece was already made. And then they kind of forced him on there, which makes me wonder if sh- they already had planned on making her anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah, that well, might be it. But um, 
you guys can look at the scope for yourself. But this is a, a running thing. All the other former champs have had theirs on. Um, and now they're noting at the bottom of the card, actually. Yeah, is. and it says character design for Heroclix by Alex Avila, 2012 World Champion, uh, Heroclix World Champion. Uh, George's was Black Adam was holding him up, but he he looked like a standard little yeah. But the thug. detail was so crappy back then, right? That's true too. Um, and he, but the thing is, he was small compared to Black Adam. Black Adam, and again, um, Mister Sinister was created by Dan, and Dan is inside the little tube that Mister Sinister is making. You know, a, a mutant or whatever, or a marauder. So it's like it goes with the theme of the clicks too. This has absolutely nothing. It just really detracts. Yeah. It I'm really brings the focus Dexter away. I'm going to implement the other person. Yeah, that's true. How the it heck better be so, it better that? be him melting somebody. Like if they had done this where either she was like he was like falling off the thing and she was like, you know, helping him up or she was like stabbing him with it like he was a bad <laughs> guy like you need to incorporate him in the sculpt and make it look, you know, and then uh, active. The other one they're doing is Harley Quinn. Like, they want to do a support one. I kind of hope they do Nurse Harley and the guy is actually, like, on a gurney or something in front of him. Like, they could do something better than what they did here, I think. That's not a bad idea. But overall, great piece. Moving on to another Superman Legion of Superheroes, Light Ray. He's an uncommon. And another suicide piece. He's a trait radiant burst. When he's KO'd before removing him from the game, make a ranged combat attack with an attack value of 10 and can't be re-rolled. The AoE for the attack is all characters within 5 squares, and each hit character is dealt 3 penetrating damage. That's freaking ridiculous. It just says the AoE for the attacks with all characters in five squares. Does that mean it still has to abide by line of sight rules? Or line of fire rules? I think so. Because it just says make a range combat Yeah, because he's the one making the attack. He true. still has the draw line of fire. We'll look it up later, but I I would think so. But the, the key thing is he's basically getting a pulse wave that doesn't ignore all powers, but it does deal three damage regardless of how many people it's hitting, and that's three penetrating damage. And he's a 10 deck, so it's not bad either, even though he can't re-roll it. But that also means they can't re-roll it, too. Yeah. That's really good, especially the fact that it's also a pretty solid dial, too. It's very reminiscent to me of the recent, um, who's the Alpha Flight dude? Guardian. Guardian. It kind of feels like a like the Guardian dial. It's oh, 124 yeah. points, flight, no indom, 7 range, double bolt, just like Guardian. Hypersonic, uh, a special damage where he gets perplexed to target friendlies. And he's just kind of a run-and-gun piece for most of his dial, and then he gets three clicks of Pulse Wave there kind of in the middle. So, like I said, plays just like Guardian. He does not have any team abilities, but that traded uh, Radiant Burst really kind of makes up for the mediocrity of the rest of his dial. We got tons of Yu-Gi-Oh! spoilers this week. I'm happy with all of them. Too many. You want to talk about Forgiving Maiden? Oh, man, so Forgiving Maiden is quite possibly one of the better medic pieces made. Um, she's 75 points, um, zero range, normal combat symbols, all that stuff. Um, she has a special trait, though, and this is what makes her really good. Uh, selflessness. Adjacent friendly characters can use regeneration. When they use it in this way, choose a number between 1 to 6 as the minimum result for the d6 roll. After actions resolve, deal the forgiving maiden that much unavoidable damage. So... Effectively, you could have Galactus regen a guaranteed 6, but you would deal 6 damage to her, which is a killer. She's only got 5 clicks. She has Force Blast on her 2nd and 3rd click. 
Um, she starts out with a 17 defend with support and 2 damage, drops to a 16 defend um, with 2 damage, and then down dial she drops into barrier, and her final click is, what, an 18 barrier? She's okay. The The thing to note is she's a 17 defend and a support, but she only has a 9 attack, so she's going to need to hit an 8 to heal you. But like I was saying in the truck, if you can get maximum effectiveness out of this piece, it's pretty ridiculous. Mainly coupled with Colossals, in my opinion, because if you can hit that initial support, and then you roll 6 and heal them 4, then they choose regen, and you choose the number 4. So they'll regen 4, and then you'll take 4 clicks and go on your last click, which still has support, and you're still alive. So you've now healed 8. Then you use support again and say that's, say you actually hit with an 8 attack. And then you heal them another 4. That's 12. And then you choose 6 this time because you don't give a shit how many clicks you're taking. You're going to die for yep. 1. So go ahead and choose 6. And now you have just clear, uh, healed Galactus 18 clicks. <laughs> that's she's pretty stupid. She's not silver ring, is she? For, for in 2 turns. She's not silver ring. And she's a common. And she's a common. I think she's okay. I think she's... Too expensive for your average medic, though. But I think in certain situations with colossals or big point pieces, I do. I like her second click, though. I would almost take a regen with a minimum one, just to force her on the second click, because then you only need a seven to heal at least. And then on top of that, you could still do the six guaranteed healing, or you could do like three and then six or whatever. Yeah. I, I like her for seventy-five. She's neat. Senga of the Thunder is really dope too. This one's pretty sweet. Like this is. This is, like, I was excited for Yu-Gi-Oh, but I wasn't, like, locked in. And then I saw this piece, and I was like, this, between the sculpt and the effect and everything, this is what, what sold me. Um, he's either comes in big at 230, or he comes in little at 100. Um, he has flight, no indom, eight range, double bolt. Um, running shot, a special attack power, 18 imperv, and five damage on first click for the 230. Or at the lower dial, he has 10 running shot, 10 pin side, 17 invul and a 3 damage. Um, his special, or we'll start with his trade, he has lightning shield. When he or an adjacent friendly character takes damage from a close combat attack, the target's dealt one unavoidable damage after actions result. So it's mystics, but only from melee. Yeah, but it's but also it for gives, adjacent characters. Yeah, but it also gives it to adjacent Um And then his special attack power is thunderstrike attack. He can use pulse wave. When he does, um, and he targets more than one character, the damage value is 2 unlocked. Which, that's, that's a room sweeper right there. Um, he only gets that on his 230 dial, though. Um, which kind of limits it a little bit, but he he's still a great piece. Um, for those of you who know anything about Yu-Gi-Oh, in the show he has two brother pieces, kind of. Um, there's one for water, one for thunder, and one for earth, I believe. And they all combine into, like, one giant thing, so we've all been kind of hoping that they do a, a special fig that's all three of them combined. Um, really sweet sculpt, though. Really like the sculpt. Um, like most of the sculpts out of this, actually. And uh, the abilities are just... It's cool. He's he's pretty average piece. Um, That Pulse Wave is really nice, but like you said, he only gets it at 230. 230 for a piece that has no willpower is a lot of points. 100, though, for a Pinsai running shot, 8 range, decent damage value that drops into a click of Pulse Wave 11.3 is pretty nice. Yeah, and the Quasi-Mystics is pretty good, so... Pretty average piece. Pretty interesting piece. So that's the main thing. All these yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh pieces have been really cool. And that's now the second. Well, I guess he doesn't go out dealing damage. Uh, we also have Karibo. Oh, who, yeah. Karibo's a boss. 
Unfortunately, he's a super rare. We were hoping that they'd be cheap and we could run a bunch of them, just like real Karibos in Yu-Gi-Oh. He's 45 points with a trait. When he's KO'd, all adjacent characters are dealt to penetrate. Now, that's not... It doesn't say non-posing. Yeah, it's opposing. Anyone. So, all adjacent characters are dealt to pin. He has plasticity for three clicks and super senses on the top two. He has a special blades power. When he does and he rolls a five... He instead deals four, and he gives the target an action token. If he rolls a six, he only still, again, only deals four, but he gives the target up to two action tokens. And then down to his last two clicks are Blades Exploit. <clears throat> yeah, then regular Blades Exploit on click four and five. So he's really cool. And he oh, has and flight. Yeah. yeah, but he's tiny size. Oh, it doesn't matter. Fly, uh, so he can't carry, but he can be carried around without taken away from the opponents. A tiny movement. size with super senses is awesome, though. I mean, like... Yep, so he'd yeah. be an 18 from range. I'm going to borrow as many of these as I can. I'm going to run a horde of them. Mark my words. It'll be fun. So that's another piece now that we've seen that deals damage when it gets KO'd. And mm-hmm. we had Ironmonger in Iron in Ironmonger 2.0 in Invincible Iron Man as well. So WizKids is kind of pushing this easy damage without rolling your dice type deal. Uh, we got the 12 Days of Clicksmiths going on right now. We had Guardians of the Galaxy, which was the coolest one in my opinion, uh, because it showed us a lot of characters and sculpts that they had not announced yet. Yeah. We knew we'd get a Groot, and a Gamora, and a Star-Lord, and I figured a Mantis. But I also didn't figure we would get, and probably, I, I knew since the movie set, Yondu's in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So I figured he'd be in there too. But I really didn't think we'd get freaking, like, Killraven, and Aletta, and Starhawk, and, like... Talon, and that's another Inhuman, I was saying too. That's another Inhuman piece that we'll have in our arsenal. And I'm really happy they went with the uh, Mass Effect-style modern armor from Marvel now on the Guardians too, which is pretty sweet. Really hope there's a Tony with the I really hope the, there's too. the suit, and there better damn well be a Rocket and Groot duo where everybody's going to be... They're going to be flipping shit. So <laughs> Just Rocket holding a potted plant. Another clicks miss was one we already knew was coming. That's the Thunderbolts. You got the whole modern team, and then you also have Mercy on there, too. And the Switch clicks Red Hulk. How about that, Right, Venom? right. How about uh, the Avengers team? Uh, Austin brings up a good point that the Red Hulk is on a Switch click, so we assume that'll be for the Avengers team base... From ABX because he's on the poker chips. Yeah. And an Electra. Woo! Then Karibo we already knew about. We have uh, Days of Future Past. This is mostly Brotherhood, or at least a few Brotherhood There's pieces. A few. Pyro, Blob, Avalanche, uh, New Destiny, and a new Mystique. So that's really cool, too. We Can't say it. I'm excited about another Shadowcat and another Wolverine, though. But I'm oh. wondering if that's Wolverine or Dokken. I'm really, really want... That's true, he is in the... No, that's Days of Future Past. That's the suit he wore yeah, back Yes, yeah. Uh, a new Mystique, uh, Avalanche especially, dude. Yeah, dude. We need a new Avalanche really bad. Uh, there's Legion Rings. Now, there's no specifics on what they'll be. But they're just... I assume they're part of the OP I assume kit. it'll be OP kit. I assume they'll probably just give Flight and mm. maybe something else. Maybe the Legion team Maybe ability? the Legion... Yeah, the Legion team ability. That's probably safe. wild card on a Relic would be pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. But in the books, they give flight, and you become part of the team. So we got to assume it's going to be flight and the team ability. we got Deadpool Core. They showed Headpool, Kidpool, Dogpool, and Lady Deadpool. Um, they have the attachment basis for the uh, Automatopoeia things, too, as well. Oh, that's true. Do they all have that? It doesn't look like uh, Lady. Just Deadpool and all them. Okay. See what they do. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. We have the Spidey team base that we already talked about forever ago. <laughs> and that is it for that. So quite a bit of news this week. Um, we got a just the tip. This is one actually is from a listener. 
which we appreciate. It's from, it, once again, don't listen to Hunter because he's a liar. It's from Thanks Reddit. He says, it's not the player, it's the player that wins the game, not the pieces. Never under or over estimate a piece just because of its power levels or lack thereof. A good experienced player with a well-built team can beat mostly any team, plain and simple. If you ever look across the map at an opponent's team and chuckle at the seemingly poorly built team or lack of high money pieces, then you probably don't know what the characters can really do and what the player has planned to exploit these pieces. There are, of course, exceptions to the rules, but in competitive format, beware of the players, not just pieces. That's always true. It's yeah. Personally, um, I'm, I've been the kind of guy who sat down and saw my opponent's team kind of chuckled and been screwed over by the fact that I really underestimated that annoying little static shock and all those team pieces. I don't know why you would chuckle at static shock, though, because he's really good. I wish he would. Never mind. What were you saying? You know, I won freaking uh, 26, 27 person tournament at GP two weeks ago playing X Factor themed team. So, yeah, I mean, anybody remember, can. Remember, remember the guy who brought the X Factor team to the Horde of Zombies and <laughs> got Richter on. <laughs> got Rick Richter on. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for the submission. Thanks, Reddit. If anyone else would like to submit just the tips that you want to share with the community, Send them to our Gmail at dialatureheroclicks.gmail.com. So at the start of the show, I said our main topic today is going to be the, the new state of the metagame, kind of in the new world order, and how things seem to be starting to shape up. Now, the, these recent ROC Super Qualifiers are the first time that we've gotten a real big competitive tournaments that have live results. There's even actually videos for the Super Qualifier matches for a lot of them. And uh, it's the first time we're getting a taste of what is doing well in a big format. I mean, some of the super qualifiers had almost 100 people compete. So, and people traveling from all over the world, team, you know, player teams of three or four guys that travel around yeah. and play. So we had some good competition there, and we've got some results from that. So that gives us an idea. We've seen we had our ROC last week, or was last week? Yeah, last Wednesday, and. Um, you know, we saw what happened there. We saw all the pieces there. So today we're going to talk about, first overall, the state of, of the metagame right now, post-watch list, and then get into the actual individual pieces that are doing really well that you probably already know about, and then maybe give a couple examples of ones we think will start to, to kind of ones to look out for. Um, I'll start off by saying... We definitely, as expected, have seen a giant decrease in Heroes for Hire and team bases, especially Heroes for Hire. I have not seen a single Heroes for Hire in top was, 16. There was a Ghost Rider, wasn't there? I don't know if he had Heroes for Hire on that. In top 16 of any of the ROC Super Qualifiers or in any of the top 8 at our ROC tournament. Yeah. I, I did not see a single Heroes for Hire. Tournament. I didn't even see one play. That's what I'm saying. Um, now, I'm not saying one wasn't played at the ROC Super Qualifiers, but none of them got top 16, I will say that. Um, only a small handful of team bases got top 16 at any ROC Super Qualifiers, those being X-Men Blue and Hellfire Club. Mm. In which we both, we had talked about those before. And I've, I've been talking a lot about New Mutants and Hellfire Club, about how the rest of the team bases got brought down, and they stayed the same, because they don't... They don't rely on heavy pump-outs of damage. 
they rely on their mechanics or if your Hellfire Club's soaking up tons of damage and you know and mastermind tricks on getting their their efficiency that's how they're efficient so they don't care about the watch list changes honestly in fact it helps them because the rest of them get crappier yep. so the problem also with Shi'ar is while it's amazingly broken at 500 kind of even with after the changes the fact that at 300 it starts with like a 10 attack and a 3 or 4 damage but with prob control that's good but if you're sinking your entire team build into it that's not quite good yeah. enough all you need is one opponent at like a 20 or something and you're trying to hit a 10 twice now they do have flurry from starting on gladiator at the acid island they also have war star who's a really sick pop-off and they have some good pop-offs but overall we aren't seeing Shi'ar played that much or doing super well not to say it can't and that we won't eventually but as of now the team bases we're seeing do well is Hellfire and X-Men Blue, which X-Men Blue has one of the best pop-offs in the entire game, which is Gambit. I mean, in my oh, opinion, yeah. he's the best. Because at, at 300, Gambit starts on the energy explosion because he doesn't start top dial. Yeah. The Gambit doesn't. He starts off, let's look at him and bring him up and see the dial that he... the. Stats I, that he starts off when he pops. I was expecting to see a lot of that game, but honestly, after the watch list changes, he would come in on a running shot, ten attack, energy explosion, two damage perplex. Now you say, Hunter, that doesn't sound that great. Um, first of all, you got the perplex to put on either attack or damage, whichever you prefer. You have three bolts on your energy explosion, and then you have the trait. He can use super strength, but not to pick up or hold heavy objects. When he throws an object. Modify his attack value plus two and increase the damage dealt by plus two. So you pick up a light, you throw it. That now changes your six range to an eight range. You're dealing plus two attack, so that's a 12 attack. If you use the perplex on that, that's a 13 attack. So a 13 attack, eight range shot, which if it hits, is going to deal two plus two from the trait. So four to the target and then 3 plus 2, so 5 damage to each adjacent character. Which is so as long as you don't get a bad matchup, say against a, a Shuma or some giant piece that the energy explosion is not going to hurt, as long as you can do this against the team that has at least like 3 characters, you're getting massive amounts of damage out on this thing. Coupled with the fact that you can run his ass right back to the team base and put him right oh back God. on. So blue is, while it did get hurt, with the changes at 300, it's still going to get two actions. It also skips one of the problems with that game. And it pops him off. What's it, that? One of the problems with playing that game, but at full, like, normally, is that he doesn't, he, start, he doesn't start with it. Right. Um, and you used to have to waste a turn to get him up to there. With blue now, you could basically... You'd only get one action at 200, right? Or at 300. No, at 300, you get two. That's why it's also good, because you're only paying 100 for that extra action, because it's... One so you action could move up, pop him off, and then shoot with him. That's exactly what you do. So, ba- and basically, you can reach entire map through that. Yeah, because he's running shot for four, five. If you need the perplex on that, the team base move has sidestep first of all. So that's an extra two, and we'll bring up the the team base too just to show you its movement. So basically, they can cover full map. In fact, I'm almost entirely sure they can cover full map. Let's look. Uh, Nine movement sidestep, so eleven movement. Then you pop off Gambit, that's twelve, and then he can move four, so that's sixteen, and then he has eight range, that's twenty four. That's full map. <laughs> that's full map. 
So they can full map get Gambit across an energy explosion. I you just want to say easily. That it, it brings a tear to my eye to see a Gambit. Being oh, and there. wait, what's this? Uh, oh, that's a prop right there. Oh, prop control with nine range. So Gambit's going to use that perplex on his damage instead of his attack, and he's going to hit for even harder. He's going to hit for six on each energy explosion. Or no, it'd be five, five, and five. So. Still. Which is a lot of damage. Another cool thing is this helps Gambit stay alive longer, which is Executioner Song. Give him a free action, remove a character from team base, move for the game until your next... Oh, sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. That's the one uh, that Give him a power out. action this turn. The modify the attack value of friendly characters that's been cured. Where's the one I'm thinking of? You're thinking of gold team base. Am I? Uh, it might be their number one on their dial. Go down. When another character at the beginning of the game on the team yes, is this is what attack, you may roll a d6 that can't be rerolled on a 5 If you six. can get on number 1 or on the uh, hand the hand ability, um, they get significantly better because the hand will give you solo adventure to throw Wolverine off and slice people in the face. Or you get the number 1 where you get when, a, when Gambit would die, um, you can get an extra turn out of it. The hand ability is their attack ability. So really, really, really cool. These guys are basically the only one I would expect to still stay. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I don't know. I think that there's probably still some tech and some team-ups with some of the other ones, like the lower point ones, that we still haven't seen yet. And I hate to say it, if Gambit does make a heavy showing, I could see them changing the Radon Energy Explosion with throwing objects. Do you think no, so? No, they're not going to change not it. Gonna do it's it. not eroded. It's part of the PAC. Yeah. I know, but I'm saying like I could see them changing that if it ends up dominating. No, it's not dominating. I mean, we've all, it has, for one, it hasn't won a big tournament yet. And for two, not that many people are playing it. Now, of course, only time's going to tell whether it gets played a lot. But as of now, I'm just saying as far as team bases, this one and Hellfire are the only ones we're seeing. And at Hellfire at 300, you get two actions and you get... Uh, the White King at his full, or sorry, Black King at his full dial, oh, you do? which is yeah, which is eleven clicks. Yep. See, here's them at three hundred, which is red, and then you're popping. And remember, they have Mastermind, which they Mastermind onto the eleven click long Black King, who gets, gets better, better as he gets Masterminded. Yeah. And let's say he soaks up a ton of damage, pop him right back on the team base, pop him back off at click one again. That's ridiculous. As long as the team base, because team base hasn't taken any damage. Yep. So, meanwhile, they're like, well, crap, let's go after the team base. Oh, crap, he just masterminded it on the Black King. Let's go after Black King. Oh, he just popped right back on the team base, and I just wasted my entire first two alpha strikes. That sounds highly annoying. So, it is exactly highly annoying. I've been watching matches where it was played, and it's freaking ridiculously hard to, to beat. Um, and we talked about Hellfire Club months ago yeah because we've seen it played we've played against it i haven't used it yet but i've played against it three rounds now i think and every time i pump tons and tons of damage into the mfr and it just doesn't die and the bad thing the is the team base itself has a long dial yeah the just... team base itself has 16 clicks and then when you get it towards the end it gets better when it takes damage you get the white powered on defense when they take damage and the power is revealed, they get combat values increased by the amount of damage taken. And that doesn't end until your up next turn. 12, so they keep it on defense as well. So that pumps them up to a 19 usually. So it makes their mediocre, oh, I can't deal that much damage. All of a sudden you're a 12 and a 6 and getting two shots if you need them. I wonder how long before we get a prime that says opponents can't pop characters off team bases. 
So Hellfire Club and Blue X-Men are the only ones I suspect will stick around. Um, here's for hire, I don't know. I'm not saying you won't see it played. You're, you're definitely not going to see it dominated. New Mutants is also one we talked about earlier. I think it its stock stayed where it was. We haven't seen it score in a top 16. Then again, we haven't seen that many people play it yet. Um, the one problem with New Mutants is it only gets played at 200. That's its absolute highest. So it's only going to get... But that's also a good thing because then you can only you, you can get play your full it, characters that pop off too. You can do it at 100 points, and you don't care that Sunspot comes off cheaper because that's actually where he's the best with Pulse Wave and the running shot. Yeah, yeah. With so the Pulse Wave and the running shot. Not only that, it's an 11 attack Pulse Wave with a three and running shot, three damage. So I think New Mutants can still make a splash. We've already seen it make do really well. It won a Dragon Con, was it? Yeah. It was one of the big yeah, tournaments. One of, it was one of the big tournaments post Gen Con. I'm one. Honestly, I'm wondering, and what I'm looking forward to seeing is how the Avengers and X Men team bases end up. Well, we'll be talking about those as soon as we get them, but that's going to be what three months. months. Yeah, they'll probably spoil them in like two months, yeah. I'd say, or a month and a half or so. I'm just curious. To, we get we're getting all these LEs, you know, and it's gonna they're gonna have pop offs. I think Black Panther's gonna yeah, Black Correct. Panther will go on there. Yeah, um, the every month action. we'll each get one. We'll see. Uh, uh, danger, yeah, danger. danger, danger of Black Panther for month one. So it'll be interesting, at least. Um, as of now, I'd say those are the three that are making noise, and I would only ones I would expect to make noise. Uh, Justice League, you're like, what happened to the Justice League? Um, for one, the changes hit them very hard. For two, I said it on the uh, quarry, and I'll say it again. Kryptonite rings got everybody shaking in their little space boots. Yep. yep. The uh, thing with Justice League is that you notice that the team bases that got really good after Justice League were not focused completely on the team base doing the damage. It's working together. It yeah. was focused on um, solo adventure, and, pretty much, and pretty. And other not to say that their pop offs aren't good, it's just the fact that when they have everyone on the team base, they're uncounterable. They're uncounterable. They got all these tools. Let me read this to you. Kryptonite Ring. Give this character a closer range combat action. If the t- target possesses Superman Ally or Kryptonian Keyword, which Justice League has both of, modify the character's defense minus two, and this attack and damage is penetrating. And see, what's ridiculous is you could bring this with you in your nice box of utility belt things because you don't pick your objects till the. That's what the I'm saying. Begins. So they don't even. I don't even have to worry about Crips Night Ring. I just bring a couple with me, and oh hey there, uh, Justice League teammates, how you doing? I'm now, just gonna flurry you, and my flurry is gonna be four four penetrate. Let's make the negative two defense, and we'll penetrate you <laughs> for basically no cost because this power action that I'm using to take this ring off. Let's me make my close combat or range combat <laughs> action. Let's say I'm on a times two and I get to do that and then end cap you with batterings or whatever the hell I have on my belt. Well, I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so far, we have not even seen a Justice League team base in top 16. I don't expect them. Yeah, I don't, I don't honestly expect that you will see it. And as for the Imperial Guard, I guess only time will tell. But as of now, we're not seeing them played... And the ones we are seeing played don't do that well. Hunter, I'm hedging all my bets on the Spider-Man and Amazing Friends team base. You never know, man. <laughs> Did you think New Mutants and Elfire Club would be any good? Hell no, I made fun of New Mutants for weeks. <laughs> so yeah, Everyone see. thought it was going to oh, be Oh, but Drew, whenever it won that tournament, he was yeah. all about playing it the <laughs> next week, wasn't he? Yes, he, yeah, was. he was. He was like, hey, everyone was breaking out the meta for that week. I can't be blamed. <laughs> uh, no, just you. 
Um, other things we've seen make huge waves, which, of course, split lip in the book. Book lip. Book lip, 50 points. Trademarked. <laughs> um, it can be added to almost any team and take it from... It can be added to teams as um, as simple and obvious as swarm teams, even up to single-based figures like Chuma. Yeah. You know, you take a figure that you sunk 200 points of your 300-point build total into, and you're like, well, why would I give him Book of the Skull that makes him, that helps a bunch of people? Somebody well, it's the fact that he gets steel energy and can heal from all those quakes. And the fact that you could also give him a uh, range quake. whatever he needs. Uh, and also that he has Flurry, so he can spin the book really, really fast. Yeah. yeah and he has Molman, which helps him spin the book really, really fast. So, you know, it's not just for swarm teams. It's for any team. Um, it's only Natural Predator is the next thing that I wanted to bring up, which is M10 Iron Man. By this point, if you don't have an M10 Iron Man, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I would <laughs> say rush out and get him right now because his stock is going to continue to rise he was a big problem before the freaking WizKids apocalypse now happened. And now he's resurfacing. And now that they have fixed all the problems, Here he's he is. back, bitches. Like an anti-resource Jesus rising up from the ashes. He's back. Team bases are nerfed, and he's back to rule rule the roost of Heroclix. Yep. Because everybody wants to run Booklib. Everybody wants to run Power Plant or Infinity Gauntlet or Phoenix Force. So now three, with Phoenix Force, we now have three out of your five resources are assigned to basically your entire team, which means basically your entire team can have a 50-50 chance at hitting him for one damage. Meanwhile, he's pumping out tons of regular damage and pulse waves and whatever Oh, God, I just realized how stupid that elf from earlier is with the Phoenix Force. Why is that? Because you can just kill her off and go up the dial. Yeah, true. Um, This... Get an M10 Iron Man right now. I know he's only a couple bucks. He's going to go up. And I think he's basically... We're going to do an episode where you have a... Where we teach you what to put in your uh, meta tackle box, basically. M10 Iron Man is the centerpiece. Just get him. You can find him on the ground. So somewhere. go ahead and grab He's him. He's outside right dumpster. The hard decision though is trying to decide whether to play him or not. For yeah. So the the problem with him is the way that they balanced him, and I use balance loosely because he is really good. He's not broken. Yeah. He's he is. Not. I've played him a lot recently. He I is went, a silver bullet if there's ever been one. I went undefeated with him at our, our ROC, and the the thing is. I was like, oh yeah, everybody's going to be running book teams and ring oh, teams because their rings just came out. I'm going to play all these book teams and I'm going to smoke them. Didn't play a single book team the whole damn tournament. His natural predators are team bases or... Gauntlet. If uh, it's not gauntlet. their main figure. Yes, or Gauntlet. And the, I was like, the one figure I don't want to play is Silver Centurion with the Gauntlet. And sure enough, last round I played Silver Centurion with the Gauntlet. Um, I was able to take it down, but it took the entire game. Actually, I don't think... Yeah, I didn't even beat it. I had it down to its like last, second to last click at the end. But I still won on points. But the point is, he he is very over-costed for his actual dial. Yeah, it's a short... It's, the trade. it's only seven clicks at 225, It's very short. It's only, what, five clicks at 125, oh, I think? I think it's four. It's Let's bring it up. Four. I think he's five for 125, and I think he's seven for 225. 
He is five, yeah, yeah five for one hundred twenty-five and seven or eight for a two hundred and twenty-five points. So he makes all his money off of his trade. Now in the meta, you're gonna see him mostly at one twenty-five and not at two twenty-five, just because two twenty-five is so damn expensive. But if you're using him, you may as well go ahead and throw the gauntlet or whatever else you need on him. Or he's easy to build theme teams around. You yeah. got Avengers, Illuminati, and Shield. Well, Illuminati not really, but you have Avengers and Shield. Two of the biggest and well, we best got. named. And now you have a lot of armor pieces with Invincible Iron Man coming out that are really good. Rescue, yeah. Iron Man drones, um, and Scientist is one of the best keywords so in the game. We have a Black Panther coming out that will probably have Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Um, the Namor from X or from the AVX does, but he's a little expensive. Yeah, but I'm talking meta, like top pieces. I know. I'm saying in the future it's possible we could see Illuminati being more useful. The other... Teams, what the other new piece would be really stinking good, yeah. But basically, he has the best two keywords, arguably, maybe just the league, also. But Avengers and Shield actually, there's no doubt, Avengers yeah. and Shield, Shield is best are the best two right now because Marvel pieces are usually stupidly good, especially Avengers and Shield. So, if you don't play this guy, you at least have to factor in how is my team going to take him down because you will. See him. I will guarantee you, if you're playing in a big yeah. tournament and everything's allowed, you're going to face probably one of these guys in one of your three matches. So at least have a plan of how am I going to take him down. Two things that are necessary to do so if you're running a resource. Outwit and end cap. Those are his two issues. He goes down quick. If you can outwit his end dom and end cap him, he can go down quick. Um... Or if you need to be able to defensively, I would have, well, on meta, he wouldn't be full. But if someone was running a full 225 one, you have to be wary of that pulse wave. Because I, when me and you did our testing, that pulse wave was what gave me so much trouble. Was He's not just a pesky flyer taking shots at me. He's pulse waving for four or five damage on my big piece every turn and not giving me the time to whittle it down. You also, he also has trouble dealing with mystics especially ones that are assigned a resource because of the way his trade is worded. Uh, When he hits the Mystic, he's going to take one unavoidable damage, and that damage is coming from an opposing character who's assigned a resource. So then he not only does he have to take the Mystics, but now he just took damage from a character with a resource, so now he has to roll his trait. And if he rolls a 1 to 3, he takes another unavoidable because of the trait. So he does have issues. And two clicks of damage hurt Iron Man at 125. Oh, yeah, he drops off. He loses running shot from one click of damage, and he loses in, uh, impervious from one click of damage. And his damage goes from a four to three, so even just hitting one mystic really kind of hurts him and hobbles him a decent amount. Force Blast is better than it used to be, but it still isn't exceptional. So making him lose that movement attack can be your best friend. So if at least reliably have a way to hit this dude basically for sure for one damage, um, and then I think he'll be okay if he's at 125. At 225, he's harder to take down, but they're paying an extra 100 of their 300-point build total, and chances are you're gonna it's going to be way easier to deal with the rest of the figures that the team and, is using. And you're throwing more into the idea that you're a scissors to someone's paper as opposed to... Um, I do... I like him at 125. I think, as you said, he drops really quick. I think ideally you'd want to put someone like that 100 Scarlet Witch on there to fill it out because you can get rid of Mystics if they're a problem. Um... I would not. And she has support. Healing is his best friend. Yeah. 
it's hard enough to hurt him, and then if they can just heal him right back up, which I did, he's impossible. You can, it's the most demoralizing thing ever. At 300 points, him plus Scarlet Witch with like a gauntlet or something, you pick off their support team or whatever, and you just sit, and you win on points because they cannot... There's a team it. for you. M10 Iron Man, Scarlet Witch. Lizard. Split <laughs> Team never die. Uh, Split would give him regen with Anger's Hammer too. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on. We are starting to see... Well, let's see. Who else is a major must-play meta piece? I'm going to go with Brother Voodoo. I think that's a good choice. Brother Voodoo's stock has not dropped. He didn't get touched in the watch list changes, and all the other big players in the meta game did. So Brother Voodoo... The best thing about Brother Voodoo, you can put the Mother Freaker on any team. Shield... His shield. Well, yeah, he also has shield cure, but you can put the dude on any team, and he plays. Seriously. Mind control is so useful in so many different situations that you can do whatever you want with the dude, and he's gonna pay off. He's just he's the prime example of it's points. I, uh, I think my how good he is for his points. I was gonna say my favorite team that we saw with him at the super qualifier was him and two of those Wonder Girls, where they use his mind control not offensively, but to fully move your opponent over so that way your team can stomp them. Yeah, that's, I was about to bring up the different ways to use them. You can use them offensively, you can make the opponents hit each other, or you can basically use them as like Nightcrawler 2.0. Instead of carrying the person with you, you move up, mind control them, move them into you, and bring the pain. Um Kind of like hitting with the cop car and then placing them in the line of fire of all your dudes. It's like Austin was saying, we've seen two uh, Wonder Girl uh, Voodoo, Brother Voodoo teams do really well. And since they did, expect to see it a lot more from other players. And you can take pieces like Wonder Girl, Brother Voodoo phases up, mind controls, brings them back to your Wonder Girls, who then hit with the lasso, bring them in, and then hit again. Especially with Book, they're turning the book twice. They're getting plus two attack, which makes it easier to hit with the initial lasso. And they have perplex. So now they can spend that perplex on damage instead of attack. They can dish out four and then three. So you now dish seven damage, spun your book twice, and Brother Voodoo did the mind control for free, and he can prob your attack in the rare case that you We've talked about him a lot, but he's just so hard to kill, man. He's so annoying. He's hard to kill. He's insanely hard to kill because if you base him, he gets free smoke cloud. Yep. And he also has phasing, so it really does no good to base him until you pop him anyways. But then you try to pop him, and he's in 18 super senses with uh, prop control. And see, and the other thing is, he's a good counter for M10 Iron Man. Because the mind control's not going to trigger it. If you have a resource on him, you tr- you grab their, mi- your, their Iron Man, you make him smack a Scarlet Witch. All of a sudden, he's taking Mystics from their own character. Or you mind control a Scarlet Witch and hit Iron Man with Precision Strike that he doesn't get to reduce. Yep. Depending on the situation, you know what I mean? Um, he's very versatile. There's a lot of options. That's what I'm saying. You can throw him on any team. You can build any team at 220 points, and I'll give you Brother Voodoo, and you tell me you can't think of six ways to use him efficiently. It's just <laughs> you can. You need to get a hold of one and uh, put. That's another piece for your meta toolbox, uh, tackle box. Any other like t- pieces that are definitive? We already know has done really well, and like absolutely must-haves and must or must-prepare fours. Must-prepare for. I feel like Batmite, while he is really good, is not... He's not necessarily a must-own or must-play or must-watch-out for. I would basically just say be familiar with Batmite and be aware of what he's possible of so that when you go to play your opponent, you are aware of what they can do. 
you know, of what yeah. they what they what he can do comboed with the rest of the pieces. Um, he's still very good. He, like we said on our podcast, he didn't really get changed. Edward said it best. He's like a kid, and whenever he did something bad, you just gave him a light, light pat on the butt and said, "Don't do that again." Of course, he's going to do it again. All he got, he got a very slight nerf. Now he takes damage on a two to six yeah. or on a wrecked. one or two. Instead I got of a wrecked one. by a team with him at the ROC. So he's still a big problem piece. And uh, if you would, if you have the money to spend on him, go mm-hmm. and get one. But I, we haven't seen him do well in the super qualifiers yet. He has not gotten a top sixteen appearance from what I've seen. And uh, but he's another one of those pieces like Shiar that I would definitely would not be surprised to see do well in a top 16. I've got a piece that I'm surprised we haven't seen too much, actually, and that would be Warstar. Um, I think he's a little expensive, but I think the full range, the full map range com- comboed with the damage he could put out with a... How many points is he for full dial? He's 160, I think, so he's, so you could he's put quite a, a bit. You could throw a book lip on there. Well, well, we'll let you talk about him in the pieces to watch out for, since we haven't seen him actually play. Who I I don't the, think we're missing all... one obvious one that we haven't really talked about, and that's just animals in general. Well, the, the thing is, though, they it. haven't done well really, aside from no, not aside from George doing uh, getting top eight with them at a at a tournament a while back. They haven't gotten. They haven't been placing extremely well. What we've seen place extremely well is brother voodoo teams comboed with the Wonder Girls, or as some people are calling it, voodoo twins. You know, brother voodoo and two Wonder Girls. Um, and we've seen M10, M10 Iron Man and split lip teams. Um, so those are and team bases. Those are the ones that we're already doing well. Are the a couple of those are new. Um, not really, though. I, it's basically just Brother Voodoo comboed with other things. There's, a, Like we said, there's a lot of other tricks you're going to see do well with Brother Voodoo aside from Wonder Girl or aside from, aside from the old Heroes for Hire before they got nerfed. So expect to see Brother Voodoo. He's really the key piece that makes that happen, makes it be much better than it was. So, oh, well, I was going to say, I haven't had a chance to really look at the super qualifier things. There's three pieces I'm curious of how well they actually did show up. And that would be Shumagoreth. Did, did any of them? Shuma got... There was two in the top 16 of one tournament. Okay. Shuma, Mole Man, and Gauntlet, and Split Lip and Book. Yeah, of course. Pretty good team. Um, and then... Uh, who else was there? Which is what we already tell, always tell people when they suggest, well, I want to play Shuma. Like, Shuma, one Mole Man, <laughs> Book, or Gauntlet, but you book. now Book. Well, as I said, with uh, with the Book, they get a five, he gets a five-range Quake. I mean, that's ridiculous. And Flurry. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I can't even remember what the other two pieces were now. Uh, Silver Centurion. He's one that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about. Okay. He hasn't done one yet. Okay. We're going to talk about. So, I'm just surprised the animal teams aren't doing better. Let's move into with Sauron predictions. Yeah. Let's move into predictions that of pieces that we've seen do pretty well just here recently in the Super Qualifiers, but ones we think uh, are kind of new ones to watch out for. And we'll start off with Phantom X. Mm. Um, Phantom X is. While he's not an absolute must-have or must-play, I still stand by the fact that you must at least plan for him a little bit, especially if he's coupled with Barrier, which is how you should be playing him, in my opinion. Um, Phantom X with Barrier is really annoying. He pops out uh, Eva Token, who could fly over basically any terrain, outwit, and then he can shoot through her. And if you can keep him protected, he 
is kind of tough to deal with. Now, one thing that helps against them is Curse Hammer, yeah. which will go right through the barrier. Um, the Cynic or um, Matter Rearranger Ring can help a little bit. It helped me against Drew, when but it takes a long there. time to fix the problem. Yeah, and it's only if you have no action tokens. Right, it takes a longer time to fix the problem than the other, you know, whatever else options you have. So Phantom X is at least somebody to pay attention to. Now, his only th- people always say, well, he doesn't have willpower and he can't see through stealth, so I'm not worried about him. Um, there utility things- belt and night vision goggles. Yeah. That's all I need to say. If he's playing against, first of all, give him utility belt. You just gave him willpower. You gave him pieces to throw in there if he needs an end cap that hits multiple people. Uh, I'll tell you two. I have two good reasons why a utility belt helps him a lot. Whoops, I'm spelling his name wrong. Phantom X, first of all, like I said, put utility belt on him, fix his willpower problem. All right, then we couple with the fact that, like we said earlier, the best thing about utility belt is that you can change your objects between rounds. So he can throw in the night vision goggles, which give him, not only let him see through hindering for that turn, but it also gives him plus two attack. If it crosses hindering, which if you're using it, it's going to be crossing hindering, because why else would you use it? So now he can RCE, pump both into damage for a 5, and now he's hitting you for 13 and 5 damage through that hindering. That makes you wish you never tried to hide from him in the first place. And if he's not playing against stealth, then he doesn't put the goggles on the belt. He puts whatever else he needs. Also, what's Phantom X's other natural predator? Well, what's he supposed to do if I bury my team in? He can't get to me. Oh, there's this new thing called plastic explosives. That let you blow up blocking terrain and deal damage to people with it. It's basically a mini gamma bomb. Now these are like the night vision goggles. They're from Gen Con. Give this character a power action. Place up to three plastic uh, special markers within four squares. Line of fire. Remember he can draw through Eva. Yep. And adjacent to a wall or square of printed blocking terrain. At the beginning of your next turn, they're removed and all other characters within four squares are dealt three damage. Now, it doesn't say that those characters have to be adjacent to the blocking terrain. You just have to place the markers. All characters within four of the markers are dealt three damage. Jeez. Any walls or squares of printed blocking terrain adjacent to each plastic special marker is destroyed. And I say, Hunter, he's throwing up barrier. Those are just markers. Those aren't printed blocking. Well, if they're trying to block in their whole team, which they're typically are going to be, otherwise you wouldn't be having trouble dealing with the team because you could fly around and shoot the other person, then they're using walls and they're using blocking terrain already to help them. Yeah. They hide in a corner and then they throw up a barrier to seal the room yeah. off. You throw this up, blow up the walls, that turns into hindering. You can't put blocking terrain from barrier on hindering, so now they can't barrier themselves in anymore. If they do, they can only cover one figure by going... You know, one in front, one behind, one on the side, one on the side. Fly around, kill the barrier guy. Now what are they going to do? They can't hide anymore. So it helps. It doesn't outright solve it, but But it helps him. But here's the other deal. There's no line of fire on the... As you said, there's no line of fire on the damage. It's all just within four squares. Even if, let's say, you weren't able to get through the barrier... That three damage, two turns in a row, would kill almost any barrier-making character. Or most likely knock them off a barrier, oh, yeah. at the very least, yeah. knock them off a I mean, like, this, this is a perfect solve. So you have Phantom X, who's a really good piece, but has two problems, or three problems, no willpower, has trouble, you know, even though Eva's really good, how is he going to shoot you if you're you know, in blocking? 
and he doesn't see through stealth, Utility Belt fixes all three of those problems. It also makes his Iron Man matchup that much easier. The rest of his figures can at least deal damage to Iron Man. Your whole team is not assigned a resource, just Phantom X is assigned it. And he can run Batarangs and in-cap Iron Man at least. But do you take Mystics from that? From what? Uh, plastic Explosives. Um, it's not him dealing with it. It's not an attack. So their Scarlet Witch would die from that. Yep. Because she doesn't have it would one shot. It would one-shot Scarlet Witch. She's only got like four or five clicks on her. Oh, the 50-point oh, yeah. version? Yeah. It yeah she'd be on last click, I think. No, she died. Three damage? She's dead. She's dead. She's got three clicks. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one here. Well, you're right. So 50-point Scarlet Witch would be fucking smoked. Yeah. There's your barrier team. Suck <laughs> on that. <laughs> and you bring up a good point with the whole Phantom X of the Belt thing. I think what a lot of people have been saying for a bit now is the meta's evolved less into necessarily what you're playing it's solving the weaknesses of some pieces which utility belt does which very utility belt well. Does well power plant does pretty well too yeah mm-hmm. but like think about like the wonder girl team here you have these two figures who have pretty short range they can grab people and pull them what do you do you throw a brother voodoo on there to solve the problem of getting the enemy to you to where you can smack them and grab them you know what else really helped wonder girl a lot too is uh Book of the Skull, because she can use that in conjunction with running shot, because it's a ranged combat yeah. action. Yeah. So now she can running shot, and then oh. hit, yep. it increases oh. that pull range. That's lot. nasty. Yeah, That's it's really team. nasty. It's a really cool team. So Phantom X is another piece that I think you'll we are already seeing. Has yeah. got has done pretty well in some top 16s. I think there was three in the top 16s. Yeah. Did you expect that Phantom X would be this good when you first saw him? I know you really wanted him, but... My initial... Remember, I was like, oh, I wish he had a misdirection power. Yeah. I was kind of like thrown off. I was like, this guy was pretty good. I was happy with him. Did I think he'd be as good as he is? Not necessarily. Better but at the time, we didn't expect the watch list. Yeah. That kind of all happened boom, boom, He's boom. He's pretty much... Because he was spoiled before the set came out. Yeah. Yeah, because like if you're looking at him against Justice League, which is what we were doing at the time... Right. Justice League runs across the map. Bum, bum, right. Bum, bum, bum. And the main thing is, when I compared any piece against Justice League, it's like... Oh, Phantom X has shape changes super senses. Oh, damn. Justice League starts off not giving a damn about super senses or shape changes yeah. with their asset dial. Yeah. So, at the time, I, I thought he'd be good. I mean, he's very good. I didn't think he'd be this good, but I, I had an inkling he'd be pretty good, especially with Barrier. I don't know why you wouldn't run him with Barrier. Yeah, he's just sick. So, at least give him a try, and if you don't, if you even if you're not worried about playing him, I still think he's a piece that you're going to see played more often. We're already seeing him do well, and I still think you should at least consider, if I run against a Phantom X Bear team, what am I going to do? Another thing you might start seeing is Power Plant, where, you know, Power Plant gives you, we've been talking about it a lot lately, Yeah. and it gives you so many options, it greatly enhances ranged pieces. It's exactly what I just said. It allows you on the fly to solve your problems. And that's what we saw when I first practiced my rock team against you was any time you did something, I almost could always find a counter through my rings somewhere for it. And after I saw it, him play it and the, just the sheer amount of ridiculous options yeah. that he can switch at each turn, I was like, why would I not play? Like <laughs> it, The thing is almost just limited to your imagination. I think my favorite one I did, though, was um, I dropped the force. You, you tied me up with Wasp up on a cliff. So I dropped the Force Blast ring to Scarlet Witch, and then I burned a ring to give my duo out because they could see through stealth to actually target her, outwitted her flight, and then Force Blasted her all the way across the map, pretty much. It was just, it's fun. So, any ranged piece greatly is enhanced by the Power Plant. 
Uh, two pieces I think will do really well with it. Hawkeye. Chaos oh, yeah. War Hawkeye, who yeah. I played with the power plant here Especially recently and that, was very good. That pin energy explosion. Oh, oh, gonna, like I just said a minute ago, I hit for what? It granted it, it critted, but it was 5 plus 4 plus 4, so he hit for 13 on one attack. Yeah, and you can also just burn to give him an extra attack and damage, too, on top of that. Um, yeah, that was without me burning a ring. I did that much. Um, and also Lex Luthor. Who, oh yeah, haven't who, seen him I, in a while. I was shocked we didn't see any of him in the top sixteen. He's a beast. Well, though. the thing is, he did get changed a little bit with the rules changes because of the whole at every subsequent attack does minus oh, one yeah. damage. However, he's still good, and while he's not one I think you'll see played often, he's definitely one I think you should still uh, take into consideration when you're building a team. I think he's still viable, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him do well. Um, he, if you're not talking about, not sure who we're talking about, we're talking about O20 Lex Luthor from the anniversary set, and he, uh, especially at 160, he's a wild card, and he has Boom Tube Sneak Attack. He can use phasing when he does after actions resolve. If he moved half or less, so six, he may be given a ranged combat action as a free action, and he has Psychic Blast. So he can move six, going through whatever terrain he needs to go through, or characters, or whatever, and then shoot for an 11 damage, and then he also is wild card. So and 11 if, damage? Or sorry, 11 attack, 4 damage. So he's wild card, so what you do is couple him with the GCPD ATA, which lets him do a free movement, So he uses then the that triggers his movement ability, and now he gets a shot. Uh, would sidestep trigger that? Sidestep would not, because it is not a move action. Okay, just wondering. Um, when he does, after actually he's off... Right, it's not a move action, and you have to have a move action to use phasing. And he oh, doesn't true, get a yeah. shot unless he does phasing. I wasn't even thinking about that. But, um, so, while it got hurt because of the whole negative one thing, it's still viable. And it's still useful, and the wild card team ability just makes it that much better, even besides GCPDA. You know, there's other GCPD. ATA. There's still other TAs you can combo with him to make even better. And there's whether some, it's seeing through stealth or yeah. whatever he uh, needs. And the plus one range, plus one damage ring negates that. Right. Or so you could burn a ring to give him plus one all combat days as well. You can give him psychic blast. You can give him force blast that causes penetrating force blast, which is like actually kind of my favorite new. It one. is so much fun. <laughs> uh, you can use matter rearranger ring to help you get through your stealth. You know, use matter rearranger ring. With no to- with you have no tokens, GCPD ATA up for free, get rid of the thing, and then boom tube and hit him. Now you've basically removed stealth without having to have a stealth buster on your team. Um, there, I think Power Plant would be really good on him, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it do really well. You wanted to talk about Silver Centurion, I also did too. You want to talk about how ridiculously good this piece is. <laughs> this, yeah. It's due to the rulings on it, I think, or well, really... Let me talk about that before you talk about him. Or actually, you go ahead and talk about how he works, and then I'll explain what I expect to see happen to this guy. So we've gone over him before a little bit with how he spawns a torpedo. Um, Every turn the torpedo gets a token, and then it can move that far. When it ends its turn, it deals damage equal to the tokens up to seven to someone who's on it. Um, With a, It just makes a close combat attack of ten attack... Is it 10 or 11? 11. 11 attack for the damage equal to the tokens up to 7. Um, we've talked before, and then he himself is immune to pulse wave, pin side, poison. He, yeah, he's traded, ignores damage dealt from psychic blast, poison, or pulse wave. It can't be ignored, so pulse wave can't get through it. 
period. And he's a shape change imperv. Um, he's got shape change on five of his, what is it, nine clicks? Yep. Um, Including top dial imperv and shape change. That's the thing to... And then stealth on a lot of his clicks. I mean, like, he's just a defensive powerhouse. So you're. I really want to say it's fair to tell someone they're not going to kill him before the torpedo gets to them. No, it, it ain't happening. Yeah, I'm, the, his only natural predator, in my eyes, being a Hulk with exploit uh, battle fury, and who really runs a Hulk in meta teams, anyways? He gets shot or, down too or an outwit to get rid of his defense and just massively. Well, here's the thing with this dude: you're like, damn, shape change and impervious can't take psychic blast, so that's not going to help me with his uh, in with his impervious. Man, the only thing that he really doesn't have is willpower and super senses. If, if he right. had a uh, shape change and super senses and impervious, he'd be nuts. Well, let's give him the gauntlet, and now he can't be countered. And that's 211 points. We still have 80. <laughs> he can't be countered, and he has super senses in, to go with his shape change and uh, unpenetratable impervious. So now he gets three rolls and can't be countered, so you can't outwit... And he doesn't have to worry about NCAP anymore because NCAP's another problem he would have to deal yeah. with. He no longer cares. Well, I think shape change chance. helps with NCAP at about least. That. Yeah, that helps a little bit, but still. He's so impossible to kill. And like Austin said, chances are you're not going to kill the MFR before the tokens on the on the torpedo get outrageous. And the cool thing is that thing can trigger whenever you want it to. Yeah. So talk about how it works now, and I'll talk about how I expect it to get eroded. The token. Okay. And I expect it to get eroded too, so. Um, the way it works now is the attack is from him, which means any modifications, because it locks the damage to the token based on the, it replaces the damage value with the number of tokens on it, you can actually modify that up to plus three. So you can give him plus three attack to make it a 14 swing to guarantee you're going to get your seven, or you can give it plus three damage to give a 10 damage attack on somebody with this torpedo. By modifying him... But you can also prob through him. So, it, it's absurd. I mean, like, the way they ruled this, I really... I don't necessarily... Me and Harry talked about this extensively. Neither of us agree with the way they ruled it originally. Okay. Here's my two cents. They ruled it 100% correct. Based on the wording. The way that this is worded, the rules arbs ruled it exactly how I would rule it. But the problem is... And the suspicion and what it sounds like is probably actually honestly is the case is that it was not meant to work the way that they worded it. Okay, I'll explain. I like breaking down rules, so I'll go kind of go through and explain why. It, I, I get why it's just okay. For one, it is not a bystander. It's not its own token. That you, it's not Eva. Yeah. Eva is her own character. This says create a special terrain marker on the map. So, therefore, the attack, and even if they, even when they eroded this, I wouldn't expect this to change. They may, but I wouldn't expect this to change. I think the line of fire is always going to be through him. Because of the way that it's worded, it should, and in previous cases always does, it would be drawn through him. The problem is, they assumed that because they said attack value of 11 and a damage equal to the number of his tokens, maximum 7. They assumed that since they put maximum 7 in there, that, it would that it's locked. It's not technically locked. You can still perplex it and make it up to 10. That will change. Yeah. I, I bet my freaking life they will say it's, it's locked, locked at, at 7. And You know what I mean? Like That won't change. Drawing line of fire to Silver Centurion is going to stay the case unless they change this and make it a bystander. 
Because if it's a special terrain that he generated, it is him. It's an extension of him. And that's a huge errata, actually, to go make it a bicycle, because that's a complete rebuild. Of well, the that's not the problem. The, the fact that the line of fire is from him, okay, it's a little annoying, but really, in the grand scheme of how broken this piece is, that's not the problem. The problem is that his values aren't locked, and that you can't jump on the grenade. That's something you didn't bring up. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. So, the way that it's worded, it says, at the beginning or end of your turn... If the marker square is occupied by an opposing character, you must remove the marker from the map and make a close combat attack roll against that character with an attack value of blah, 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 blah. Now, here's the key, and I agree with how the rules are or ruled it because of how it's worded. It says at the beginning or end of your turn if it's on there. Here's the thing. Beginning of turn, you get to choose the order of your free actions. Yep. So you can choose to move this its free one square movement and then now, do I have to blow it up? No, I no longer have to blow it up because nobody's standing on it. WizKids, it sounds like when you read it, they because they said must remove it from the map, sounds like they wanted it to be the case where yeah, you can't you move it. But the thing is, again, they effed up the wording. They didn't specify exactly what they needed to say. And I agree 100% with the way that I'm not kissing ass. I'm being honest. The, the way, way it's they worded, it was... that's how it would work. Um, I expect after the errata that will be changed as well. If they move the, if Austin moves the token over here, and I rush my little dude up on top of it, it will have it to blow Puck. up. It, yeah, if if we send Puck up because he don't give a fuck, and he, he wants to ride a it. torpedo into the heavens. <laughs> Sounds like something Puck would do. Yeah. <laughs> we rush him up on the torpedo, and now the torpedo has to attack Puck. But even still, we talked about how hard he is to hit. He's and just how hard he is to deal with without a gauntlet or not. He's the thing is, he and Absorbing Man are two people that I really hope they do not continue this trend of cannot be dealt damage by penetrating psychic blast and can't be downloaded. The thing I want to bring up about him though is at one sixty one, even without the torpedo, you have a solid dial. The only thing he's missing is like penetrating, and his immunities. Almost make him, I want to say, a little high, but still almost worth it for 161. It's the torpedo on top of that that sets the pacing of the game and everything. He's bringing his own secondary attacker that controls the board. Austin, you brought it up really well a long time ago when you first played against him. It's full pacing. He paces the entire game because your opponent has to worry about that ticking freaking time bomb, literal ticking time bomb. That is occurring across the map that can at any moment swoop in and hit you. Here's another thing to realize. The damage and the attack is going to be locked out. But the movement the movement's going to yeah. keep ticking. So if you let him live forever, he can move full map and hit you wherever the fuck he feels like hitting you. As long as he's got enough counters to keep stacking on As long as he's got the, the counters to go, he will fly across the map and hit you literally full map. So this guy is nuts even after they errated him, regardless of how, they, how bad they hurt him. He's still going to be nuts. And he still has already done well at Super Qualifiers. Um, and actually, at the Super Qualifiers, from what I hear, they did lock the damage. Oh. Like, and yeah, he I remember still, reading that. And yeah. he still did well. So expect to see him. Um, get your hands on one. I'm personally looking for one myself. Their price is going to be skyrocketing. So uh, he's a figure that I would expect to see do really well in the meta. Um, I Not... M10 Iron Man level or anything, but he's definitely something to look out for, and again, kind of like Phantom X, he's pretty good, at least take into account 
how you're going to take one down if you face it. Yeah. Yep. And that's something that I did before the ROC. I was like, okay, what are my matchups that I don't want? I don't want Silver Centurion, and I don't want Absorbing Man. So I spent time, and I don't want Phantom X, although I wasn't as worried about Phantom X. So I spent time figuring out how to beat those three, and sure enough, I came into contact with one of them, and I there was tons of Absorbing Man teams too, so it would have been very easy to run into that. So at least take into account before your tournaments how you're going to take these teams down. You know what piece is really good against him? War Star with Book of Skulls. We'll get to that, though. <laughs> uh, Drew, you brought up Absorbing Man. Um, I'm going to let you talk about him while I step out for a second, but one thing I want to bring up about him is his point cost is the only thing holding him back from being absolute meta-worthy. Indeed. Um, because this, the meta still is 300, and it's going to stay 300. He's still so. got some good pieces that can back him up, like um, Enchantress at 50 points. Um, <laughs> okay. Honor's leaving, everybody. That broken defense power. Okay. Basically, Absorbing Man, his big thing is his defense ability, which... When he is dealt damage or healed, roll a d6. Absorbing Man ignores the damage dealt or healed unless it is the same result as a d6. This power can't be countered or ignored. See, the thing is, though, the reason I don't know... I'm sure we'll see him in meta because with shape change and super senses from various sources, he can be an absolute pain in the ass. But I think on normal naked dial... um, With a normal naked dial... You're looking at a character who can't use a reducer with that, because it ignores the damage. You can't use an ignore and a reducer. Um, a lot of figures can hit for five, but it's a sheer luck factor. Indeed. I mean, like, you're talking right out the gate, If you, even if you're barriering him, like against with me and you. I had a duo attack ability for five damage, I blew out a barrier, and then I could one-shot him. If, you, if I had rolled right first turn, it would have been gone. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge chunk of your team to be gone on a bad luck roll. Indeed. Um... Basically, the thing that makes... Okay, so he's got another trait, which uh, allows him to... When he's given a power action, when adjacent to a heavier light object, place that object on his character card. And the heavies give him plus two, and light gives him plus one. But they ruled it that if you do it at simultaneously on the, yeah. on, the on both objects, you get plus, plus three. three, which is... Ridiculously annoying. That puts him at a 12 6. 12 that's, 6. That's the thing, is he's not offensively a powerhouse but he without can, that. But he can be. Yeah. If they ever. I don't know if they'll errata it. I don't think they'll errata it due to like emergency must errata. Um, if they ever do errata the heavy light object pickup thing, it will weaken him a little bit, I think. Because it puts him at an 11-5. The thing with Absorbing Man is I don't think he's as good as he's gonna... I mean, as everyone thinks he's gonna be. Because he can do damage, but I don't think we... Did we see a lot of him at ROC? At the... Top 16. The the Super Qualifiers? I did not see a single one. But I also didn't really see any of them played either. Like, it attempted. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, the thing is, he's really good... And I think he can be played, but... At 300, it's hard to build yeah. a, a team around him because you'd be relying on him for his attacking. He would be your primary attacker. Indeed. And what? with Well, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, as I told Drew, I don't like the fact that he has such a heavy luck factor. With super senses and shape change, he's a lot better. 
from like Gauntlet giving him super senses and like some other way to give him shape change or something. But I don't like the fact this is one figure that if I have a character that hits for five and I happen to get lucky and one in five or one in six chance to one shot him. You know, you know what he kind of reminds me of, and this is kind of us coming from the fighting game scene. Is he kind of reminds me of one of those characters where it's like you can be a mediocre player, but it, under the right circumstances and under the right matchups. Let's take Akuma for example in Street Fighter Four. He's such a good character, and if you learn the basic, no, actually, let's take Ryu. Pre, yeah. pre, uh, super and or, or let's say super Street Fighter Ryu when he's top of the best he's ever been. Sure, you can fucking unbeatable, and you can't jump in on it. You, you can't, can't do anything, and like it. He's such he's a character that in the right hands and with the right matchups, even a bad player could win a super qualifier with this dude if his opponents can never hit the damn yeah. roll to kill him. He'll just tear rip through everything else. But on the uh, flip side, if you get unlucky, you could be out correct. every single round because so it's one it's shot. Really, it's just such a gamble, and if that's your thing, then more power to you. This is a great piece. One thing I do want to bring up that people don't appreciate are his keywords. Uh, uh, yeah. Not only do they make him easier to build around, because you have Asgardian, Masters of Evil, and Mystical, and Wrecking Crew, which Masters of Evil and Wrecking Crew used to be two that didn't get much love, but now with the Iron Man set, they give you some more options, but mainly Asgardian and Mystical. But also think about the two ATAs, both of which really help problems he has. Asgardian is going to give him willpower for five points, as long as he's on top click, well, the mother freaker's basically going to always be top click. Mm-hmm. So you don't care. So five points, you give him willpower just from the ATA, or you go Wrecking Crew to give him plus one attack to help out his mediocre stats. So at least if he absorbs a heavy and he has Wrecking Crew for only two points, he's now at 12 attack, five damage. I think if they errata, if they errata where you can pick up both at the same time, I think that we'll see Wrecking Crew on him a lot more. Uh, it's really good. Wrecking Crew is actually really good on him because it gives him improved movement hindering. That too. Um, which you'd be surprised how insanely. Then again, I still think the willpower would be better though. Yeah, I mean, I would that's just put the gauntlet just, on. It. That's yeah, why you just put. Well, yeah, I guess it, I guess it depends on whether you have resource on. But final verdict, he's a little too expensive to affect the meta too much. But uh, I don't know. I almost would be surprised if he did really well in top sixteen. I don't know. What do you guys? Think? I I think there's a chance, as you said. We could see someone get lucky, come through, and clear with him. Um, but I wouldn't say we're going to see a ton of him. Because I don't think people want to put all their money in that kind of risk. It is extremely risky to play this There's guy. some people who want to, just for I loved it. It was He was fun, because you weren't sure what was going to happen. I think... Well, I was going to say, I think he's better at higher point games. He is. Oh, definitely. Because then you're, he's just going to run in and, you know, be that guy that you don't pay, you know... Oh, one piece I kind of want to shortly mention is Shatterstar. We're not seeing him as much anymore. Oh, I forgot about Shatterstar. After the errata, um, I still wouldn't be surprised to see him do really well and get top six. I, I may have seen him on one of the top 16s of His the dials. two tournaments. So, yeah, he's good with Phantom X. He's good with some other pieces because even after his thing, the person he carries can at least still do free actions. So, but even the that said, he's still a great secondary attacker and a great dial, and uh, I still wouldn't be surprised to see him do really well even post changes. Um, moving on, we talked about absorbing man. Ghost Rider got 
hit with the Heroes for Hire. Our fallen hero. He's still a good piece. He is definitely still a um, Whether he's still meta-worthy, uh, taking away prep time and Heroes for Hire ATA, I think has basically cut his ankles out. Is basically kneecapped Because he no longer has hypersonic effect without a major penalty. Correct. Because the belt really undid that negative two. It made his hypersonic viable, which turned him into a whole different piece, really, in the long run. And then Heroes for Hire gave him the double opportunity to do that or just a normal charge exploit he's, afterwards. He's still a great piece for the points, but I don't expect him to consistently do well in top 16. Same goes for Cruiser, uh, GCPD Cruisers. I think taking away the penetrating damage, they already weren't in modern, not in golden. They already weren't super prevalent and super tough to deal with. For most teams, of course, there's some teams that have bad matchups against it, but for the most part, they weren't super hard to deal with. Now you take away the fact that they can't deal penetrating with running over anymore, and now it kind of hurts you hurts that quite a bit, actually. Oh, yeah. And along with the fact that you can no longer give them resources, which not that you did most of the time anyways, but still. Uh, taking that away only goes to hurt them a little bit. Uh, one piece I did want to talk about, though, is Barda, because oh, she's yeah. you're going to start seeing her more now. Um, I don't think I saw her in two in any of the top sixteen teams, except maybe like one. But I would not at all be surprised to see Barda start coming up now. Um, she was very, very good before all the things that got changed and the yeah. watch list got released. And when she first came out, we didn't really have any tournaments though, because that was like the December gap or the November December. Yeah. So we didn't get a chance because by the time she really entered the meta. Meta had shifted to heroes for higher team bases at Oregon. And everybody was prep timing with the belt with other pieces, and she didn't honestly even need prep time to do what she does well. So I I would not be surprised to see her still do well, especially remembering that she has Justice League TA or uh, keyword and um, the uh, Birds of Prey keyword, which has also gotten a lot of love here over the last year. Oh, yeah, it got an ATA, didn't it? Yeah, it even got the, the support ATA. Um, 100-point switch. You guys were talking about yep, it earlier. I was about to ask. How, that was the third piece I was trying to think of. I was wondering how well she did at the super qualifiers. Uh, she was on a couple teams, although I, it, it wasn't prevalent. But then again, neither was really the 50-point Scarlet Witch now that I think about it. Um, I don't know that the starter set, Scarlet Witch, first of all, let's throw out, she's far better at 100 than she is um, at 150 if you're playing her in a standard meta team. Because if you're playing her, you're not playing her to be your secondary attacker. No. You're playing her because she has every support power under the sun along with taking away team ability. So the fact that she has support perp and prob uh, and the taking away team abilities is why you're going to play her. She also provides you Mystics, so if you are running some wild cards, you're getting the Mystics from her, and she she's a great she, well, secondary attacker. I was going to say, I like her on Horde Token teams, because she eliminates Mystics, which as you said, Mystics is a big problem for the Horde Token spam teams, um, but she also has Avengers, so she doesn't really count towards your movements, so as long as you're moving her around or whatever, um, but prob, perp, and support on one figure is absurd. Yeah. Comboed with the fact that she has Sharpshooter, 8 range, and 10 attack precision strike. I forgot she even had Sharpshooter. With the 3 damage problem. I loved her without perp. Sharpshooter. Um, I've used... She was on my undefeated ROC team, and she <laughs> honestly was an all-star almost more than Iron Man was. 
when I was up against that Superboy Prime, her plus the rings, I kept dropping her the Pinsai ring, almost killed Superboy Prime at full dial with just her. Like, she is a monster. And her stats for 100 points on top dial are great. Um, I would expect to see her a little bit. I wouldn't. Ex- she's definitely not going to be the 50-point or 75-point Scarlet Witch throw on it. cram in any team. The cram on any team uh, point piece because that extra 25 points, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're doing it for your support piece, it is quite a bit. But I would, I not only would I not be surprised to see her on top 16 teams, I expect to see her on some top 16 teams. Well, I think also it's going to matter more when the meta actually breaks out and kind of comes into mold. If we see a lot of ATAs and TAs kind of dominating the meta, we could see her to start swinging it the other way and silver bulleting them. So Drew brought it up earlier, uh, and I kind of cut him off because at the time we were talking about things we've already seen do really well. And he brought up animal teams with the book. And uh, I'm going to bring it up again now that we're talking about things we expect to see well. And we'll talk about the Book of the Skull, but primarily Alyosha Craven and Lizard paired together. And the key thing being, those thing, both of those pieces are redonkulous with the book. You especially Lizard. And the fact that Alyosha is just making Lizard even more ridiculous. Uh, you, li- Anger's Hammer... And Lizard are best friends forever, and that's I don't know what you're talking about having a free action. Who else really honestly benefited more from a specific hammer than Lizard with uh, Anger's I, hammer? His tail whip's just an attack, isn't it? Yes. Okay. It's still a heal from it. Yeah. No, I mean, I was wondering because I, I if I was going to say Scotty's would be good on him, too, because well, he blades still, most of his You dial. can still give him Scotty's if you're running enough... I, ju- I just remember everyone joking around, you know, they won't put regen, steel energy, a charge, plus two attack on a hammer. They no, could. I told oh, you, you they would after seeing that trait. No, you, you, you agreed that they no, would. I told you. I looked at anger. His trait said that it gives him all that from the hammer. Um, but that's so stupid. So is. you thought Lizard was hard to kill before he had yeah. it. I don't know what you're talking about. I only spent like freaking five turns trying to kill him tonight. Now he also hits you and gets steel energy. And then, oh, I'm on my free tail whip attack. Oh, I gotta take minus one attack. That sucks. Oh, Good God. thing I have plus two attack from this hammer. <laughs> and, and probably now, plus one from the book. And now I'm gonna hit you and heal up again. Uh, so and super turn that book. And then I'm gonna move my Alyosha Craven to running shot. Uh, shoot you with Null's hammer, which solves his uh, running shot and willpower problems. And then now that I moved, oh, Lizard's gonna run away for free. Good luck killing him now, especially that I get to reposition and go hide from you. Um, the combo is just nuts. It is. I would. Ex- I'm expect. We've already seen it do well in some top sixteens uh, at the super uh, qualifiers. In fact, I think one of them got maybe top two. I think. And um, what Sauron? Get out of here, Austin. He's got animal. He's 98 points. He's steel no, energy. How is he better here. than lizard? I'm not saying he's better than lizard. I'm you saying can't he'd run go good both. on animal. You're team. not gonna run him both. No, you. you you're not worried about theme team. You play Alyosha, Lizard, and Book. You throw um, split lip. You throw a split lip on there and whatever else you want. That's what you need. That'd be yeah. That'd Something be else with free movement, uh, preferably. But then you combo the fact that you're getting the Lion token on top of that, which you can give exploit for Charge Blades exploit or way, plasticity to go tie people. When you up. get like when that line hits that six blades and you're just suddenly like and your opponent's crying themselves. Oh man, this. Free line just smoked <laughs> your, my ass. <laughs> your ass. 
Um, that is a great combination, and I definitely expect it's already done well. I expect it to see see it continue to continue to do well, and it's just another prime example of of books real uh, books and split lip really really doing exceptionally well in the meta Craven's just so sick, man. Like For 70 points. 70 points. He's got an 11 attack, which becomes a 13 attack with the Book of the Skulls. Give him running shot. He already has 6 range. So now he can stay away. Sh- uh, running shot. Take shots. He has willpower now. And then after he does so, then Lizard gets to rush in or run away, regardless, you know, yeah. depending on what the situation is. It's just these is. figures that, these figures that, you know, they're starting to shine now, man. Starting to shine. You got Lizard with eight clicks of life, coupled with the free region he has on his bottom four, and the fact that he gets the free tail whip on the four before that, after he heals from the free region. And then you give him steel energy, and the mother... Freaker does not die. It just it doesn't happen. Yep. So if you throw those two and then book lip, you're at two oh eight. So you have ninety two points to throw on whatever else you need. I think you're gonna see variations of that. You're gonna see lizard Alyosha and split lip plus book and then Aww. fill out the rest Six of it with ninety two points. Austin Sauron, I thought he could fit. He's fucking garbage. Sauron sucks. For 92 points? He sucks. Yes. He's 98 points and he sucks. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought he was 92. <laughs> I was like, Sauron? Why Sauron instead of playing uh, I'm not Vampire saying Jubilee instead... and two vampires? Or what one would vampire? That, why would that go on Alyosha, though? Why not? Why not? Because they don't get free attacks from Alyosha. I don't, you're not using them on him. You're using the free attacks on Blizzard. Oh, yeah, true. And that you can still do it if he has two tokens anyway. What am I thinking? But uh, anyways, uh, we I digress. I was just looking at Sauron. That's all right. Gosh, That's all right. You kept being very... Uh, uh, what's the word <laughs> I look for, Drew? I don't even know. Drew's lost it. Just, so let's just move on. So the main, <laughs> Hashtag fuck Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> the main thing is, you know, we've talked about how many different pieces now at this point. And if we were talking about the meta game two months ago, we would have brought up about three. Yeah, yeah. It would have been Ghost Rider. It would have been Ghost Rider, Justice League, Justice League, and, and uh, that's about she it. Are. <laughs> that's yeah, she are exactly. And now we're not talking about any of those three. So uh, we're that is about, successful. We're talking about fifteen to twenty other pieces that are none of those three. And yeah, I think it's an excellent. Uh, it's a great day in Heroclix. It's a very ex- like when those super qualifier results came up, I was just like, ooh, like I gotta get them. Like I gotta see what's gonna do well. When I saw two Wonder Girls, I instantly cheered and went, the watch list works. <laughs> so yeah, no one was expecting Wonder Girl. Wonder to be, Twins. Uh, but uh, it's gonna be interesting. When when does the when does things rotate out? When does it will be July. July. And we're not sure how much will rotate out. They've been speeding up the rotation a little bit. If we um, had to guess, we'd probably I say... think GG... Talking about the, when the sets would rotate yeah, out? Yeah, it'd be July. I think we'll lose Galactic Guardians, possibly. Yeah, you're definitely. You're well, we're definitely losing Galactic Guardians. And yeah, Infinity Gauntlet. I'm going to say they're going to go up to... I'm going to say they're going to go to Dark Knight Rises at least, if not Chaos War. Honestly, I would say it's going to cut off at Chaos War. That, I think either they way... They might get risky and go up to... No. Well, they've no. been speeding it up a little bit. I would say chaos. Anything before chaos war, I bet you gets cut off. I that's think a possibility. That's fair. Let's call. I'm gonna predict it right now. Even Dark Knight Rises, and I don't want to see that go because that's my favorite set of all time. I said on the podcast, I think it'll get cut off. 
So that means we would You're lose dead. Superman. You, there's no chance we don't lose Galactic Guardians. That, yeah, that's gone. Go ahead and count. Oh, it has been two years. Go yeah. ahead and cross it off your, your freaking modern. No more right Bowman. Oh damn. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, no more gauntlet though is going to be weird. Like, honestly, ha- not having that option. Gonna, I mean, gauntlet it, used it, to it be. It will shape the metagame. We'll say that. Yeah, um, a little it, bit. And then we'll, but at about that same time, we'll be gaining the great the lantern resources. True. Yeah. So, true. and they come in like fifty different flavors. Who knows? <laughs> Who the hell knows? <laughs> yeah, that's. And uh, one thing I, I meant to bring up during the news section, but I'll bring up now. Is uh the the episode of the Quarry is up now, which is the podcast that Edward and I and uh, former world two time now world's winners Daniel Joins did. And if you guys are interested in more competitive HeroClix talk, go check that podcast out where we go over each top sixteen team and uh, and talk about kind of the mechanics behind uh, our predict how we figure that the teams work and how how we. Uh, a little taste of what we just talked about, but we just went very in depth. But if you want to hear us talk about that and hear mine and Daniel's takes on the teams, and it's really worth a listen. It's not that long either. Um, the next big super qualifier tournaments we have coming up. The next, we've got a couple small events coming up in January. Uh, we do have one super qualifier in Florida on January twenty fifth. That's not very far away at all. So when that happens, we will definitely talk. And the, uh, let's see, yeah, we got one super qualifier and two small tournaments. In uh, oh wait, there's another one in Tulsa. Yeah, oh. January 11th. So that's not very far away. That's what three three weeks at the most. Yeah. So we got two super qualifiers and a couple small events coming up. We'll definitely talk about the super qualifiers when that happens. Talk about. We'll look back and say, hey, did any of those pieces? Did uh, Phantom X make a big showing? Did Absorbing Man actually get one or yeah, two. Seriously. I didn't get to talk about Warstar. Alright, yeah. let's let Austin talk about Warstar, who I'm not hating on because I do love Warstar. I love Warstar. I, I don't just know don't... if he'll be super, if he'll be meta. I... no. <laughs> he's too... Well, he's conversation too, ended. <laughs> he's just too expensive. He's at 177. He has Invincible for five clicks. Okay. Um, charge, Super Strength, Battle Fury... Um, he begins the game with Bene attached. When Bene's attached, his powers can't be countered, and he, and he doesn't it's possess Bene. Bene. Bene, bro. Like, Bene. Whatever. You Bini can give is, him a... F- Bene is cute as fuck. Don't you whatever him. Look at that. He is cute little turd. Sorry. Turd is right. Continue. You could give him a free action or whenever he takes damage to remove him from and place him in an adjacent square, and he becomes a bystander token. Now, Bene, as a bystander token... Why don't you go open him real quick so I can... Who, describe, Yeah, what he does, exactly. No, you don't even pronounce his name. I don't bring him up. Alright, let's bring him up. Beanie's a boss. He's basically Eva 2.0. Beanie has a special movement power... I should say, I should say 0.5, because he's not you quite... Can, you can give him a power action. He does have pulse wave, though. Warstar can be given a move action as a free action. If he ends his movement adjacent to him, you may attach Beanie to Warstar. He also has outwit, super senses, and pulse wave with one damage at eight range. Now the trick is you could pop Beanie off Warstar, give Warstar a free movement action of eleven squares, and then charge another six for seventeen potential range with shape ch- or with battle fury, so you ignore shape change. Correct. With Scotty's hammer, you're looking at a thirteen attack for exploit 
at what is seven it? Seventeen exploit. range. Seven or six exploit with the heavy object because yeah. he has super strength. I mean, like he's such a huge alpha potential, and he drops onto pulse wave after five clicks of invincible. Here's yeah. Here's his problem. M10 Iron Man. Yep. You just spent yeah, with him plus book. You just spent two hundred of your three hundred points. On a figure that, oh shit, six exploits coming. Oh, it hit for one on Iron, Iron Man. Or I hit a 4-2-6 and they hit for nothing. So, it, he's he is good. He's a great piece. He's very fun to play, too. I highly suggest people play him because he is a blast. And he's one of the, the coolest characters in Marvel. But Blue Clip, he'd be 227. He's just he's a, little to find, too ex- he's a little too expensive in my opinion. You'd have to find like an eighty-seven point secondary attacker to back him up against M10 Iron Man. But we'll see. Three weeks from now, if he's uh, in one of the top sixteen, do, do I get to dance and say Austin I told you so? can do? A, I told you, I told you so. Dance. And I will totally do it. We'll uh, we'll <laughs> see as him bust out some moves. No comment. How much is Lalandra point wise? By the way, ninety-three. Okay, so she's too much to have on that. Team. So let's move into the community section. <laughs> Our question this week was. Or actually, sorry, wrong one. Question this week: If you won worlds, what would you make? A, the age-old hero clicks fan question. The age-old hero. Since none of us ever think we'll ever win worlds, we might as well just pretend we do for a moment. Drew, why me first? Oh my gosh! All right, Austin. I would make Parallax Sinestro from Rise of the First Lantern. Why Sinestro? How Lantern is the coolest Parallax there's ever been. I liked Sinestro with him, though. He's so cool. He's got, like, the full armor and the cape and the freaking yellow lantern symbols in his well, eyes. Which, ver- you're talking about New 52 Parallax New Sinestro. 52 Parallax, the oh. one from Rise of the First Lantern. Okay. I got you, because there's two. Uh, the old one... He's uh, definitely awesome. Yeah. Uh, and all the artwork from him and everything was sweet. I used to say Phantom X. Now we have one, and he's fucking sick. So I'm definitely going to say uh, Hellboy. We need a new Hellboy. Austin got my hopes up, and ever since, I can't stop thinking about the fact that we may eventually get a Hellboy set. If they ever do a Hellboy set. Since there's a movie coming out, and we got a Pacific Rim set, it's the same company, and Hellboy is fucking awesome. So if you had to pick a Marvel or DC, who would it be? Uh, Oh, gosh, don't ask me that question. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Why don't you go and I'll think of something. Oh my gosh! All right, David, well, this is what he, he was buying himself time. Is what he was doing. <laughs> well, yes. Um, we see through it here, guys. Uh, a modern Spectre. I don't know. Gosh, no <laughs> modern Spectre. Would, they'll release one eventually. It's man, Killer it's... Moth. <laughs> <laughs> hate you, Drew. I hate you, and I hope you die in oh. just killer a... and explosion. Why? Because would... Killer Moth is ugly and tie dye and gross. Yeah, and Etrigan's a fucking beautiful man. <laughs> he is a very beautiful man. You take that back. Okay, uh, no, seriously, I don't know. It'd be rough. How about we get back to him next week? It, no. Because I can't think of anything. I can't either. And if I do think of something, it'll, I'll regret it. Like, I'll think of six different things I know. <laughs> as soon as I'm done. Um, it's just like... Uh, of course, this is such a diverse question that we did not get any, you know, outright answers I, I did see another person say Hellboy, though, so kudos to you. Uh, we got freaking everything. A new Batman Beyond. Uh, uh, Court of Owls. I would not... I'm very honestly surprised we haven't seen any Court of Owls. I was stuff really yet. bummed when we didn't get Court of Owls talents from uh, ba- the Batman scene. Power Girl Hunters duo. We do need a new Power Girl, definitely, there, yeah. at least. Uh, any other key ones? Uh, new Carnage would be nice, because we haven't had one since we have Spider-Man. He really wasn't that good anyways. And, I did uh, like the Batman Red Hood duo up there, which would definitely be an interesting duo. So, 
we got lots of different answers from you guys. Thanks for chiming in and and uh, well, I know we're getting to Sabretooth and Deadpool, so I'm... we don't know, but I expect it. And if I, you I, don't, we'll get one in the days of future past, won't we? Oh, They're yeah. doing the rest of the. That's pretty now. much yeah. yeah. It's just I think he was in that storyline. He was, I think. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. There's. A lot I want of a spy- I'm going to make a Spider Man. Rhea. We need to. No offense to the guy who went with Harley Quinn, but why would you go with Harley Quinn? Hey, he can make whatever he wants. He I'm just saying, worlds. dude. He at least make it something, make it play way differently than the other yeah. Harleys we have, which supposedly it will. So okay, that'd be good. fun. Not one of those alternative. And you got to think, ones. how long did it take them to make Alex's freaking Star Girl? Yes. Yeah, By the time that Harley comes out, it may be the only modern option if they take <laughs> sweet time. Hey, Batman will rotate out. By yeah, me. I mean, the Batman's a lot older set than we actually really, you know, realize it's it is. It was last year. year, yeah. So, anyways. Uh, best build we already talked about winner was Pupil Surfer I'll be contacting you soon congratulations to you I did it man dial design uh, week 2 the assignment was morph Uh, some of the top dials was we are venom style Um, was it uh, Renocon had a top scoring dial and ice is zero which um, venom which which dial did venom have that did so well uh, I don't remember. It was here. Sorry, I got it right here. Um, Venom, Rinocon, and Isis Zero. Isis Zero was like the last one to submit right before the time ran out, so he got that filed in real, real quick. Let's see if I can find. Sorry for the delay on the podcast. Oh, here we go. Rinocon. Oh, Rinocon was the robot. Mm. Uh, from Invincible. It's like cheating to pick an Invincible character because you know you're going to score it well. Actually, that was... I gave, I think I, I gave it maybe a 9. It is really cool and Robot is an awesome character and honestly, if if you know Invincible and you know Robot, that's an actual, actually a genius submission because... Yeah, that's a good choice for He me. does use different um, suits and stuff. Because that, that is his power kind of is that he always shows up in like a different... And that form. he can like control different suits at the same... You know what I mean? Like simultaneously yeah um so that was a great that was a really really smart idea um we also had isis zero who submitted the dial of rock slide and rock slide has that cool um morph like his morph is different that's that's why i scored it high was kind of when i judged this round i didn't judge it necessarily based on like the individual character i wanted to see creative and cool uses of morph like that was my personal view of judging it and it's the same thing I'm going to do to the Alter Ego ones, too. Um, I want characters that creatively use the power. And that Rock Slide, like, that was awesome. I mean, like, whenever he's dealt damage or uses regen, he rebuilds himself. Like, that was awesome. I love that. And we had, we had some other ones that would, like, uh, morph when they hit their shape change roll, which is cool. Especially for specific characters. Like Mystique is like a perfect Mystique, one for that. exactly. And uh, I, that was really cool. Um, I really like that contest. Like, and uh, this week is the alter ego assignment. We have not done the scores for that yet. We're working on that. We'll try. If you guys don't mind to do the grades tomorrow, I'll try to get them up tomorrow so that I can go ahead and get these poker chips made because I'm behind. I haven't even made the November ones yet. I contacted the guys and let them know. But I'm just going to do November's and December's all in one big batch. People search for better pick something good. So if you guys get uh, time tomorrow, go through, do the uh, scores for dial design, and we will hopefully have them posted up 
I guess that would mean by Sunday afternoon. Um, we'll have the scores posted up, and we'll have our winner for December, and then we will have a week off from both Best Build and Dial Design next week. We'll be but we will be off. Uh, we got presents, uh, Christmas presents this week from Jason Lapel, or I guess it was last week actually. Yeah, yeah it was last and, week, and uh, those are much appreciated. He got us some. Uh, I like those little some boxes. cool dice that me and Austin used today. No, you and Drew used. Or, I sorry, me and Drew to. used today. Yeah, the uh, they have Santa Claus and uh, uh, Rudolph on the ones. Yeah, pretty cool. I don't know, so they're pretty cool. So they rolled okay. Yeah, okay. Santa Claus is staring you in the face when you get your Christmas. He tells you when you've been naughty. Exactly. You roll the one and oh, he pops yeah. up. He's like, "Been naughty, motherfucker." Um, that's it for community. Moving into comics real quick, we want to talk about Hulk. We've had the Indestructible Hulk series. Have you guys gotten to reading that? Uh, What did you guys think? Okay, the initial arc I really liked, uh, with especially the one with him and Iron Man when they're in the uh, Alaska or whatever. Did you ever read that? Yeah, yeah. It was. It's been quite a while. The last arc, the through time thing. Where they went back to Asgard. I didn't like. I, I liked it at first, but then when they got like lost and yeah. I just felt like it was wit and that new weird dude from the yeah the, uh, the, the timeline displaced dude. See, I didn't like that story arc. In fact, I skipped like two I only issues. just started that arc. Um, I liked the original premise of Indestructible Hulk with all, with Banner outsmarting Shield, kind of exactly. I love. This is actually the whole thing when we started talking about Hulk comics that I said. I don't like Hulk comics. I love Banner comics. Good Banner comics themselves make good Hulk comics. If you have a crappy Banner, you're not Hulk's not going to carry a story on his own. He's just Hulk smash, tearing stuff up. Right. There's no good dialogue. There's no real character development. I like seeing Banner at his best when he's outsmarting people while trying to outsmart the Hulk within himself. Um, the the run of Hulk right before Indestructible Hulk from the years before was amazing. Um, I can't remember who wrote that. The oh, w- Jason Aaron. Yeah, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Loved that run. That's one of my favorite Hulks of all time. Like, Hulk series of all time. And then I've gone back and I've read old Hulk events, and I've been bored out of my ever loving mind. Like these, some of these books where Hulk is Hulk the whole time, they're just not. They're not good reads. I mean, like Hulk goes from one panel smashing something to one panel smashing something, to one, and that's the whole book. And you get bored of it after a while, honestly. And it kind of sucks because you want to love it. You're like, man, this is awesome. But it's not. But Indestructible Hulk, I think, it strikes a good match between the two. Um, even when he is Hulk, like he gets some nice little quips in here and there that are pretty funny. He's he's more intelligent Hulk than usual. Yeah. He's not, never speaks except to say Smash. Like, uh, the arc when they're in old school Asgard and he's there with the old Thor, like they make some jokes back and forth a little bit. Um, it, it was it was great. Like, I, I loved it. So, like you said, uh, I don't know how Drew feels, we'll let him chime in, but the, the initial premise of Indestructible Hulk is cool. Yeah, it's if great. people aren't familiar with it, it's basically Banner decide, uh, Banner agrees to work for S.H.I.E.L.D., and S.H.I.E.L.D. lets him basically have their lives at his disposal, and he can do whatever he wants, uh, but when they call on him to become the Hulk and help out with whatever situation's going on, he has to answer the call. He's basically a person. I don't know how to really put how he is, but... What he decides to do with his time in the lab is to try to make up for him destroying so much crap whenever yeah. he's the Hulk. So he tries to do things to help better the world, whether it's to help pollution or you know, or or, or um, you know, fuel solutions or whatever. 
Um, so he tries to work on that stuff, and then then when he's called on, he'll go on the you know and fight and as Hulk. He, and one thing that's kind of cool, and they kind of drop the ball with it a little bit. The team he hires initially, uh, he gets to pick like who joins him from Shield. Like him and Maria have to screen him or whatever. He picks people that have like a personality flaw or something bad in their past, and he tries to like he himself has Hulk, and he tries to help these people get over those problems while also doing all these. I don't want to say Star Trek-esque, but, like, it starts off with the premise that they're going to go out to different areas and explore stuff. Like, they start with Asgard. I kind of thought they'd keep running with that. Yeah, I liked it initially. I liked it like that a lot. Yeah, it was pretty It gets, I hate to tell you, but it gets way worse as it goes along. Yeah, it was very depressing. I really hate the new, the the villain dude, and it gets so incredibly wordy, it gets boring. I skipped two issues, and now I just started a new arc, so I'm excited about the new arc. But uh, Drew, what it, what have you thought about it so far? It's good. I like exactly like you guys said. I enjoyed the first arc. I haven't read the one you're talking about, but just go ahead and skip. It. Okay, I'll skip. It. <laughs> basically, basically, Bruce ends up. It's something like when they're time traveling, Hulk can survive the time travel, but Bruce can't. So they put Bruce's mind kind of in a drone to follow him around. All right. So it's kind of funny because you kind of have Bruce and Hulk present at the same time. Um, but nice. but it is it's it, it's just the way it's written I think I don't know who writes it, um, it but you're right it is really wordy. who writes Indestructible Hulk uh, who wrote the second arc specifically because I feel like it had I'm it might pretty have been. sure it's been the same writer for the whole time but we'll look that up uh, real quick I want to bring up uh, Marvel Knights Hulk would just started I, I doubt you guys have I didn't pick it up yet, yet. Um, I do suggest picking it up I don't want to get into it too in depth. Uh, it's Mark Wade, <laughs> which is funny because he's writing Moon Knight, and Ricky was like, "Yay, a new Moon Knight!" And I'm like, "Yeah, a new Moon Knight!" And then I'm like, "Wait, Mark Wade? Well, there's a fifty percent chance exactly. it's gonna be amazing." <laughs> but it's like normal. It's like Moon Knight's brain. There's a fifty percent chance. <laughs> like Mark Wade makes some. I, I'm mostly familiar with him from his days on Daredevil. I love uh, Daredevil, especially like '90s and early 2000s Daredevil. And it's like Mark yeah. Wade will have like arcs where it's like knock it out of the park and then he'll have ones that make yeah. you want to shoot yourself in boredom and it's like <laughs> he's he's all over the place which makes sense because like we said the first arc was really cool and then the second arc of Instructable Hulk we didn't like so uh, we'll see how it goes I guess if he's alternating this next arc is going to be really sick <laughs> but uh, Marvel Knights it, I liked a lot um, not a lot happens it's mainly setting up the story but the writing's really good the dialogue's really good and really funny is it still Wade writing it? No, no. Marvel Knights is its own. It's going to be a four-issue run, and there's a Marvel Knights Spider-Man right now, which I also recommend. It's good. And it's really kind of unique, and the art especially is really kind of unique. And it kind of... uh, It's Peter, but I definitely recommend that if you guys get time. It's on its third one now. The fourth one's about to come out, and it'll be done. You know what we need to do? It's really kind of cool and creepy. Speaking of Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man's wrapping up soon, like in the next few months. We need to sit down and have a full Spider-Man episode. Entirely wrapping up? Not I. From what I understand, the Doc Ock arc is rumored to be wrapping up soon. No, well, he is a superior if it does, Spider-Man. We will, but I don't know. Because I would like to talk about. It's selling really well. I don't. I would be surprised. Because Venom's they, wrapping. Venom's coming to an end. Scarlet Spider's coming to an end. No, I don't want to see Venom and Venom and Scarlet Spider go. Venom's one of their best books, and they're. <laughs> I like Scarlet Spider a lot too. Scarlet Spider, I think, and a lot of people don't think about it. Like I, I've made a few people read it now. And they're like, "This is much better than I thought it was going to be." It's just different. Like it, it's very enjoyable. Um. And then, like we said, Jason Aaron's Hulk is some of the best 
coolest creative hook. It it, it it petered out towards the end. Yeah, but it it's such a weird storyline for Hulk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the it, the artwork was really good too. It almost there's parts of it. Maybe it's because a lot some of it took place in Atlantis that makes me think of this. But it almost feels Fantastic Fourish. Yeah, like a I lot of the ideas, and then had molds at some point yeah, too. <laughs> a lot of the ideas are kind of out of left field a little bit, especially for Hulk book. It's usually like straightforward, you know. And there's a few there's a few cameos from other people you're not expecting too. So all in all, Hulk comics are kind of usually They're I don't bag. like that much, yeah. <laughs> But for the most part, the new series from Marvel now is really, really good, and it is recommended, um, at least the first arc. Uh, and give the second arc a try. Maybe you'll maybe it's, maybe your, cup it's your cup of tea. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, if you would like to send us some emails and give us ideas for main topics, or if you'd like to submit a just a tip, just like thanks Reddit number one did today, we appreciate that. If you guys would like to uh, give a just a tip for the rest of the community, email us at dialhforheroclicks at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can um, go on our Podbean site, dialhforheroclicks.podbean.com, and go to the right. Uh, everything on the right has all the links to everything we have. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube channel, by the way. Um, I'm getting caught up on the episodes. I've almost got all the episodes up on there. Ooh. And then my first uh, video that I'm going to be talking about where we do the rules breakdowns is going to be um, Iron Pharaoh and Malekith's getting rid of defense powers. Yeah. I'm you break, mean Iron and Paladin. Or sorry, yeah, Iron Paladin and Malekith getting rid of defense powers. What exactly that entails... And kind because of, there's actually a lot of facets that go into that that people don't realize. For example, if you have traded Regen and you get hit with Iron Paladin, you can still use Regen. Bet you didn't know that, and I'll explain why in the video. So in the video, I'll go through. Yeah, now I want to watch you the guys, video. <laughs> you guys gave me some confused looks. Uh, I'll break down exactly why in the video, and I'm gonna try to use quotes as much as I can and kind of put a lot of text on the screen so you guys can see and oh, worry it's because it's not totally why true. things work. No, that's, that's not why. Oh. So, anyways, you guys can check out those videos. I'm probably start doing those next week. I'm going to get all the episodes up first, and then I'll start working on those rules videos. But I really think those rules videos will be really popular, and I, I hope people enjoy them. So, uh, Hunter, if we had to wish our mer- or, uh, our viewers, listeners, a merry something, what would it be? Clicksmas, obviously. Xmas? Xmas. There you go. Merry Xmas. <laughs> Do we have to... You know, fuck it. We're saying Christmas, god dang it. We're, like we're breaking the mold. Screw this Xmas happy holidays bullcrap. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys, and we'll see you next week right before. Hell yeah. And Drew and I are going to Denny's. Denny's. <laughs>